ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Ringside Rundown Podcast. My name is Eric Vasquez. Joining me on the line is my podcasting partner in crime. Yes, that rhymes. She is Shay Hickson. Shay, what's going on, my friend? Oh, what is going on? We, uh, you know, technology be damned. We're, we're getting those episodes done because your headphones did not want to cooperate today, did they? No, they didn't. It sent me into a panic. Yeah. <laughs> anytime, anytime uh, things start to break down unexpectedly, I'm not good in the clutch. I start to yeah. panic. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> but how are you? How's your week going so far? Uh, you know, can't complain. Just, you know, did most of my... Uh, chores today i had a day off from work so that was nice um nice yeah and then that's a pretty relaxing uh day if i do say so myself and now we get to talk about pro wrestling aren't you excited yeah of course like this is like <laughs> our favorite part of the day so yeah exactly oh we exactly. got a lot to talk about <laughs> a lot to talk do about we? Do we? Uh, just for anybody that's new listening, this is a pro wrestling podcast where we break down things that are happening throughout the world of pro wrestling, specifically in WWE and AEW. And like Shay said, we got a busy week because this weekend is like the first time and I think ever that we have to cover three pay-per-views in one weekend. Oh, God, it's uh, just when you think we may have a slow day, which I don't think we ever really want a slow day anyway, but... <sighs> they don't make it easy on us, do they? No, they don't, especially with like a whole new wrestling show from AEW getting launched in a couple months. We're going to be pretty busy. <laughs> We're not going to know what free time is anymore at this rate. No, I tell you, especially on a Saturday. <sighs> uh, Saturday night is what they're aiming for. It's I, I, Me, personally, I don't have a life. I don't really leave the house. So I'm probably going to be checking out a lot of Collision. Um, but, you know, I this is a gamble. You know, a, a mm-hmm. Saturday night wrestling show uh, and trying to get people to actually stay home and watch it. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of DVR going on, especially in my uh, my household, because <laughs> normally I have plans on the weekends. So um, definitely will not be watching it live for the most part, <laughs> but um, we're, we're still going to try to watch it because we got we got to talk about it. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But yikes, as if, as if Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday and Friday aren't enough. Let's just add Saturday into it because why not? Yeah, let's just add Saturday to it. It's going to be even interesting too because now WWE has shifted their premium live events to Saturdays. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be times where they're going to be doing competition with AEW Collision. So it's going to be an interesting time to be a wrestling fan. You and I are not, you know, tribalists. So we root for both teams. Uh, yeah. You know, we're excited for everyone involved, but it's going to keep us busy. I do not. Oh, I'm not going to envy uh, AEW, though, on those uh, Saturday nights with the premium live events, because do people really think that they're going to pick a TV show over a premium live event? I don't really think so. But, you know, stranger things have happened. But yeah, yeah. Well, this is actually kind of like the first little test of that, because on um what is it is it sunday sunday is AEW double or nothing which mm-hmm. is a big show obviously it's one of their big pay-per-views but uh wwe decided to do nxt battleground a premium live event for nxt on the same day at the same time um i'm gonna be i'm probably gonna watch double or nothing um yeah. obviously it's, it's nothing against nxt and it's it's not like you know AEW is wowing me with the with the card that they have for Double or Nothing, which we'll break down in a little bit. But they're both kind of 
they're both kind of mid. I I would mm-hmm. give AEW the edge because as we saw on uh, on Dynamite, the uh, Adam Adam Page, Hangman Adam Page rejoining the Elite, yeah. and there's going to be an anarchy in the arena match, which is uh going to be a good time against the Blackpool Combat Club, who are just a bunch of crazy nut jobs. <laughs> oh, they're just mean. They're just very mean. Um. Yeah, that I'm excited for. Um, I, I'll be completely honest, though. Was it the obvious choice? Yes, I was kind of hoping there was going to be another um, type of anarchy in the arena match, and clearly that didn't happen, but we'll get into that when we get into the card. But uh, yeah, I'm still excited for the show. I mean, Double or Nothing's always a really good show they put on, So, uh, and it's my birthday weekend at that point, so I'm, uh, I'm excited. That's right. We're going to be celebrating. That's yeah. for sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then and then we can celebrate virtually on the on Tuesday when it's my actual birthday. But the weekend's a good start. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, what card uh, do you want to break down first for the people that are listening today? <sighs> oh boy. Um. Well, we could go. I mean, do you want to go in chronological order, or do you want to go and just? most to least important i don't do that that'd be mean um i take that back so i feel like if we would go by in order of what's airing first i think night of champions is first yes yeah Um, yeah sure let's go with that night of champions it's going to be jetta saudi arabia and this one they're dubbing a triple main event uh great (laughs) i can i can hear your your uh your hesitancy i guess you could say because uh, sometimes when they do double main events it's not as important as you think it is but uh-huh. triple main event sure why not like, I mean, at least they're putting some importance on another match i guess but uh i don't know we'll see we'll see how it goes but uh yeah it's, it's not a bad card it's just uh no uh, what you'd there, expect from night of champions i guess yeah there's a there's a couple uh good ones on on the uh card a couple sleepers for me personally what i would consider a sleeper is probably the first match i want to cover it's for the intercontinental championship between champion gunther and challenger mustafa ali um that match for some reason i'm really intrigued by that match because of the work that mustafa ali has been doing these past couple weeks he's been on a win streak the positivity thing is kind of working but he cut a promo Here's the interesting thing on Raw. He cut a promo backstage that was his typical, more um, sincere, real-life Ali that yeah. got cut off by Brock Lesnar in a hilarious exchange yeah. where Brock told him to get a life. And then, <laughs> I don't know if you saw on Twitter, he cut, like, a longer version of what he wanted to say. And it was... it. A lot of people were... He made the impression that, like, if he doesn't beat Gunther, that he's just going to call it quits because he hasn't really attained any of the goals that he wanted to uh get to in his career so he's uh he didn't say outright like i'm calling it a career if i don't uh if i don't win uh Mm -hmm. but he referenced like dreams dying and things like that and it was really kind of ominous you know so it's like it, it it there's these promos and and it kind of reminded me of the one that Edge cut on social media a couple weeks ago uh for his for his match where he talked about you know this being the last ride into the sunset and how he has to win back that championship you know that he never lost and it could be you know the final time the last year that people will see him around stuff like that there's been a couple of those yeah. and 
they kind of tug at your heartstrings and make things a little bit more real, which I could appreciate. Yeah, I think it's safe to say it's been a very depressing few weeks of wrestling for more than one reason. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, oh, that promo. That just promo, I'm just like, oh god, that that hurt a little bit. That wasn't fun. And then, yeah, Ali's promo, it's, I... You almost hope that maybe he just thinks like he's speaking in like WWE terms, not wrestling in general, but mm-hmm. who knows? That's how you drum up the interest, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I feel like definitely on paper, you look at this and go, really, that's the best they can do. But Ali's not a bad wrestler at all. No, he's fantastic. I'm, it, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of Ali. Yeah, so I feel like when you look at it off of paper and you actually think about it, you're like, Oh yeah, no, that's actually a pretty, a pretty decent match if they give them some time. But I feel like, I don't know. I'd like to hope that it's not just going to be a squash. Um, just give Ali some chance, please. But we right. all know who's winning here. That's, it's very obvious. Yeah. I mean, you know, outright, you know, that Gunther is probably uh, going to retain and it's nothing against Ali. I think they can really book this really good in one of those ways that where if Ali loses, it's not so much as a loss. It kind of looks like a victory as long as like if he can, if he can make Gunther look vulnerable, yeah. you know, and mount some sort of comeback because we all know Gunther is going to try to at least squash Ali. At least that's what I'm imagining in my head. Um, if he can make it, you know, where he's fighting from underneath and get the crowd on his side and they want to see him win, I think it could be a really compelling match. So that's why I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I completely agree. I just, uh, don't take the easy way out, WWE. Just give it, make it a pretty decent match, please. But at the end of the day, Gunther is going to retain, but I do hope it's, uh, it's a better match than it looks like on paper. Yeah, for sure. Uh, next up for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Rhea Ripley will be defending the title against the veteran Natalia. Now, a lot of people aren't excited about this match. People have kind of soured on Natalia. I'm kind of, I'm looking at it from the stance that at least it's going to be a good to to possibly great match because Natalia can get it done in the ring. Like I said, she's a veteran. She can wrestle anyone with her eyes closed. And we all know how good Rhea Ripley has been uh, well-deserving of the title. I think this is one of those matches though, that it's just going to be like a feeder to kind of tape the stat line for Rhea Ripley's title reign to say, you know, she beat a formidable opponent in uh, Natalia. So I'm going with Rhea Ripley on that one. Uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like this match on paper is pretty much just like Gunther and Ali, where it's like, you know, very, it's very obvious who's going to win this match, but I feel like it's going to be better than I think people are going to give it credit for, but mm-hmm. come on, it's Rhea, it's Rhea Ripley, you're not taking the title off of Rhea anytime soon. No, definitely not. It's going to be, Rhea Ripley, I think, is going to hold on to that title for a very, very long time, no matter how much it doesn't really make sense that she's uh, she shows up on Raw. She's drafted to Raw, but she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Yeah. So they still haven't rectified that. It's been like three, four weeks. I don't know if they're ever going to rectify that or if it's just going to stay the same. They might just pref- they might just wait until we forget, but we don't forget. We don't we, forget. We never forget. We never forget. forget. <laughs> <laughs> we never forget. <laughs> it sounded right. like the twins from The Shining there for a minute. <laughs> like, oh, God. I'm telling you, we're getting so close to 100 episodes, we kind of know each other right off the bat. <laughs> it's, um, it's getting there. It's scary, but I feel <laughs> like it, that's what happens when you spend almost, uh, Jesus, how long has it been? Two years now, it's I think? It's been like two years. 
when you talk to a person once or twice a week for two years <laughs> and you, you start to know them a little bit so the, <laughs> sharing the brain cell is not surprising me at all definitely definitely uh moving on uh for the raw women's championship bianca belair will be defending the title against oscar who's been a thorn in bianca's side um this one this one could be a toss-up i think they could possibly swerve us i don't know about you but i'm I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Asuka comes away with the victory. She's been getting the the upper hand against Bianca for quite some time. But we all know Bianca Belair, much like Rhea Ripley, is just a, a powerhouse. You know, she yeah. she she's the champion for a reason, basically. So to me, this is a toss-up. Uh, Smart Money says Belair will retain. If you want to take a risk, then you can go with Asuka in my book. I mean, I've... <sighs> It would be great for Asuka to win because I feel like their first encounter she should have won in general in the first place. But um, I just, as much as I would love for Asuka to win, you just you, you just have to go with Bianca, I guess. That's the safe option. But now we'll beg the question, like we literally talked about the first time she beat Asuka, who at this rate can beat Bianca? Like literally who? Yeah, that was my next question. Is basically who's who's next after Oscar? But it's kind of it's kind of messed up. I don't want to overlook Oscar. Like I said, there's a possibility she could win this win this one and and shock the world. And I think, uh, um, I they're yeah they're trying. I guess they're trying this new heel aspect with Oscar. But it's like she's still so cool. Like everything she does is still so cool. Like yeah, you kind of can't hate her. You know. No. No, no, you can't. Like, there's just some people that are just immune to face and heel turns, and I think Oscar's one of them. But uh, yeah, in a perfect world, if Oscar wins, I won't be mad. But I just don't expect her to because at this rate, it's almost just it's almost like Jay Cargill. After a while, it's like who, who is left? Because <laughs> <laughs> we saw that monstrosity of a open challenge on Rampage. That's mini side tangent because i don't think we have a question about this i don't know about you when i watched that whole thing play out on rampage i hated it i hated it because it just reeked of let's pad the stats Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's kind of the best way to put it they're padding the stats uh making her look unstoppable i mean it's not like she needs it it's again anytime you bring it up it's just like there's no there's nothing there to make me believe like they're putting formidable opponents against her. No, like I had zero faith in the open challenge thing. And as soon as I, what did we say last week? I'm like, watch, or I think I was talking to like somebody at work. It was one of my friends at work. I'm like, you and I both know that when they do the Jay Cargill open challenge, she's going to make her way down to the ring. And there's some jobber that's already going to be in the ring. And there was, so I'm like, (laughs) why do I bother? And then they just pull that. Oh yeah. We got somebody else from the, it's like, really? You just, what was the point of that? Like, okay. It, it was just, it was lazy. I didn't like it at all. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it, but we'll, we'll talk more about the actual match, uh, for double or nothing when we do our predictions for that. But yeah, I just wanted to yell about the rampage segment cause I hated it. I thought it was dumb <laughs> and not a fan. Not a fan. Uh, next up on the Night of Champions card, we have Becky Lynch going up against Trish Stratus. Uh, this one, 
kind of lukewarm. Uh, Trish yeah. has been interesting as a heel. She's she she knows how to throw barbs. Her social media, her Twitter, uh, her tweets have been pretty good. You know, and Becky Lynch can. She always has that fiery personality. Yeah. You know, you know that Irish temper. You know, yeah. uh, <laughs> I know that very well. It, yeah, it, yeah. It's 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 kind of always been there. She's been very good. I thought the segment on Raw with the contract signing. The back and forth between the two was very good. Um, The only the only hiccup is I think Trish um, is a needs a little work trying to combat the the what chance. Yeah, she can't handle them at all. Yeah, just kind of her change her cadence or her her pace on her promos. But other than that, um, you know the the build up they finally gave it some decent work. Uh, on Raw with the contract signing, which is interesting because contract signings are so overdone for WWE. It's it's kind of crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, in this match, this one, this one's kind of hard to pick a winner or a loser. There's no clear cut. They haven't. It's not like Trish Stratus works every Monday on Raw, you know, where she's fighting other people, so you can see if her skills are up to par with Becky. And yeah. Becky hasn't really been in the ring either. Uh, since the uh, since Trish turned on her, so it's kind of hard to tell who to pick from there. Yeah, I feel like because we we're kind of talking about this in our pre-recording meeting that you had heard that they're probably going to try and do like a trilogy with them. Mm-hmm. So I feel like you got to start off with like Becky just absolutely like destroying Trish, and yet Trish just finds a way to like cheat and win. And then mm-hmm. Becky has to avenge it. And then at SummerSlam, hopefully you get like the rubber match between the two. So I feel right. like, I feel like Trish will chicken shit heal her way to a win for this one, just to get that full force of like, Oh, well now people really don't like her behind the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I can, I can subscribe to that idea uh, for sure. Um, and I would have to, I would, I wouldn't mind going that route. Cause again, like I said, uh, it's not like, one's been working you know they haven't been working raw so you can't really see if they stepped up their game if one's ahead of the other so you kind of have a blank slate basically uh with this story and like i said the it's just a rumor uh just an internet rumor nothing set in stone but if they do a trilogy i would i would suspect that the trilogy ending at SummerSlam would probably have like a stipulation like maybe a steel cage or you know no holds barred or something like that that'd be fun i would i would like to see that yeah, it'd be interesting, but uh, uh, I would I would go with your idea and have Trish uh do the chicken shit heel deal and maybe get a roll up and handful of tights or whatever foot on the ropes to get the win. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, this one I'm excited for. It is to crown the new world heavyweight champion, uh, Seth freaking Rollins versus AJ Styles. Interesting stat about this one. This is the third uh, match where they crown an inaugural champion that Seth Rollins has been a part of. Um, wow. And no one in history has done that. So that's pretty interesting stat there. And he's going up against one of the one of the best on the planet in AJ Styles. So this is going to be a barn burner of a match. I would think so. Like this is, I think this is probably my... Probably the card, the one I'm most looking forward to on the card. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, these two like these two are just so good that you just can't help but just automatically be like, yeah, of course this is going to be like match of the night because why wouldn't it be? Um, oh, it's tough though because you could see either one of them winning this and no one would really complain. But yeah, exactly. 
I feel like Seth just is just too much on a roll right now. Like you can't not give it to him. Yeah. And it's interesting that they do it in a way where he's not even, he wasn't even on raw for the past two weeks because uh, he's got a part in the new Marvel movie, which is really cool for him. Um, But even so, like it didn't really deter the anticipation for this match. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that kind of, I kind of thought about that when I saw that like announcement, which is like, Hey, good for Seth. Cause that's like, that's pretty freaking cool to be in a Marvel movie. But then, yeah, it's almost like, yikes. If he, if he <laughs> is that going to like, is that going to change anything or what? But then you also have like AJ kind of going at Roman a little bit. So it's like, did you guys do this on purpose to confuse all of us? Um, I don't know. It just said, I still think it's got to be Seth. It just has to be. Yeah, I think so too. I think, I think he's just like, he solidified himself as like an all-time performer. You know, yeah. like he's he's reliable. He can get it done. I mean, he got a good match out of Omas out of all people. Yeah. yeah. You know, and really made Omas look good. Like people are like, wow, that was actually pretty interesting. So like he can work with anybody. And then you got an all-timer AJ Styles. This is going to be like one of those things where they're going to wrestle each other with their eyes closed and it'll be good. Yeah, it's going to be a five-star classic before they even bring the bell. That's how good they are. So yeah, and I, I'm not going to complain either way. If Seth Rollins wins, that's awesome. If AJ Styles wins, that's awesome as well. I, I really don't have a dog in a fight. I can care <laughs> who else who who wins. I just know it's going to be a great match. Yeah, I completely agree. But for the sake of us having to pick one, I'll, so I'll go with Seth. Yeah, I'll, I'll put my money on Seth. I think that's smart. All right, so for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens will be defending the titles against the undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns and Solo Sokoa. Uh, A a little wrinkle in the story of the bloodline, uh, which has just been obviously uh, phenomenal in the way they keep adding layers to everything. It just, it's, it's been fantastic. Um, I'm really want to see how the Usos are going to come out of this, um, being slighted basically. Yeah. You know, cause they thought they were, they were a lot to get a rematch and then they put the old switcheroo on them and yeah. gave the match to Roman and solo. Um, you know, it's just, it's, this Ew. story is just crazy. And Roman <laughs> pretty much telling them you guys ain't shit that, uh, yeah, it's just like the plot continues to thicken to the point of I'm not entirely sure how thicker this could get, but uh, you have to think the Usos are going to get involved somehow. Yeah, I think I think the Usos are going to get involved and they're just going to screw it up for Roman and Solo. Now the oh. real question is, is it going to be on purpose or is it going to be on accident or accidentally on purpose? Mm, not only that, but who eats the pin? Oof. Oh, that's tough because you really, I don't, I feel like it's, it would have to be solo because you can't have Roman get pinned, even if it's a tag match, I wouldn't think. But wouldn't that be such a story? Oh, yeah, that if, would be. If Roman gets pinned because the Usos screwed up. Oh, he'd have a goddamn meltdown. <laughs> oh, that would be insane. I kind of want to see it happen now. You you've talk, you sold me on it. You talked me into it. It has to happen now. <laughs> Uh, that's why I'm putting my money on Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to retain. I think there is going to be a screw up 
because yeah. it, it, they put a report out that the Usos are not going to be accompanying Roman and Solo to the ring. Wow. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> so are they going to still be in the back? Are they even going to Saudi Arabia? That's yeah. a question itself. But I, I would think, how would you not have them go to yeah. Saudi Arabia? And I think this is the best way to keep forming those cracks in the bloodline. Yeah, you gotta just chip away at it gradually. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it has to be Kevin and Sammy because the Usos have to screw this up somehow, whether with malicious intent or not. Um, an oops is going to happen and Roman is going to be pissed one way or the other. It's like one of those things where like, you're watching your friend get in serious trouble with his parents. <laughs> you're just it's sitting like, there like this is awkward i don't know what to do yeah you're like an innocent bystander and you can't move you can't leave because it's awkward you stay it's awkward <laughs> there's uh-huh. just a no-win situation yeah i've been in plenty of those before and it is not fun you're just like so what are we having for dinner um <laughs> yeah this is uh embarrassing but uh yeah it's um it's gonna be fun to watch that's for sure for sure for sure and then lastly we have pretty much a grudge match at this point this yeah. is not even a match. This is going to be a fight between Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Uh, this past Monday, we saw uh, Brock Lesnar attempt to, quote-unquote, break the arm of Cody Rhodes. Yeah. They, they're playing it up as if it's broken. They didn't say he's not medically clear because he was able to convince uh, Triple H in a, in a very interesting way to close out Raw. I, I just thought that was just very interesting kind of unique different Mm. to close out raw with that backstage interaction between triple h and cody where triple h is like look your arm is broken you know i probably should call this off and obviously cody doesn't want that to happen he says if he calls the match off that makes cody look like a coward Mm -hmm. and he uh wants to fight brock lesnar so he was able to convince triple h to at least for the time being uh keep uh Cody Rhodes on the medically cleared list. So we're going to have this match, but it's just another thing to kind of like, it's so interesting the, how Cody has, has morphed ever since he's returned to the WWE and been put in this position. Obviously everybody still talks about WrestleMania 39 and what should have happened. But then the interesting part about that, it hasn't really deterred his momentum. No. Uh, with the fans or anything like that. So, like, I honestly think that my original idea with Cody winning the money in the bank and then challenging Roman at whatever time he deems fit is still the plan, at least in my head. I think that would be the smart route to go. Um, and and then on top of that, will you do Cody going up 2-0 against Brock Lesnar? That, that just sounds crazy on paper. Yeah. It's almost just like if that was going to be the case, why do we have this match? Um, yeah. I I don't know if you saw this tweet. It, I even just saw it this afternoon. I was kind of just scrolling on Twitter as I usually do. And someone said, what if that whole exchange between Triple H and Cody was pretty much Triple H trying to like get him, like talk him out of this so he wouldn't have to like challenge Rowan for the title at some point. Like Triple H kind of being like the authority again where... Mm. kind of screws Cody out of challenging Roman because he doesn't want anyone else to be the champion, which that'd be a bit, as if he thought the plot couldn't thicken any more from that, that would just, uh, that would be something because 
I don't know if they're going to do that, but if they would, I'm like, wow, that would actually make some sense, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I think I, I glanced over and I saw the same tweet with that scenario. And it it's interesting because it kind of makes Cody like this generation stone cold and Triple H yeah. would be Mr. McMahon. Or you know, Brian. Yeah, yeah, kind of in that same situation. But it, it just, maybe they elongate it the same way they did with Stone Cold and Vince McMahon that that yeah. rivalry went on for years. If they can do that, if they can keep the fans' attention, uh, you know. But Triple H is is a is a master storyteller. You know, he's yeah. he's always been great at cultivating these stories that have these long kind of slow drip momentum, but they always make sense, um, yeah. and they're yeah. always captivating. You know, so if that's the route they go, I'm pretty sure it probably would be really good. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it because you want to make it even more dramatic. There you go. But uh, uh, it would be a, like you said, it would be dependent on if the fans can keep their attention for, for very long because we know that <laughs> sometimes that is not always the case. But I feel like if you have gripping emotional storytelling, you almost like force the fans to pay attention. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. If they actually do that, I would be... Uh, shocked but also be like oh cool this would be like a really fun thing to watch if they don't i'll be like i'm sure they can still captivate us somehow because they have been for the last uh how many years at this point so i think triple h knows what he's doing to say the least yeah yeah i think we're starting to see especially on raw you know i mean you saw the presentation of people like zoe stark mm -hmm. uh you know they didn't even though he lost they didn't go ahead and waste uh, Apollo Crews and everything like that. There, there's some slow drip where you can see ah, that's Triple H in motion, kind of morphing the show the way he wants things to go. Yeah. Um, you know, and and it's just hard to see who you put your money on because again, Cody Rhodes going two zero on Brock Lesnar back to back is just insane. Nice. Yeah, it's like, will they actually do that? I'd love to know, but <laughs> if they do, I'd be very. I don't know. I don't know. I oh, it's tough to pick because again, it's like if Lesnar wins, it's almost a guaranteed we're going to get another one of these. But if Cody wins, it's like, is that actually like happen? <laughs> like, is this <laughs> happening? But um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm going with uh, Cody shocks the world and goes two up against Lesnar. Oh uh, yeah, I'll go with that too. <laughs> all right so there you have it that is uh night of champions which is happening saturday afternoon uh 1 p.m on peacock so make sure you check that out i kind of like the afternoon pay-per-views that's the one redeeming quality about these saudi arabia shows is that they happen in the afternoon you don't feel like you wasted your whole day watching uh wrestling so it uh it uh you know doesn't bother me too much this go around uh, well, depending on what I'm doing may or may not be a good thing, but <laughs> I could see why it would appeal to some people because then you're not just like, well, and also too, you're not sitting there being like, oh, this is going to be a really good pay-per-view. And then you're like, wow, I just wasted my entire day looking forward to this, really. <laughs> Which hopefully is not going to be the case, but you, you never know. But uh, yeah, uh, afternoon pay-per-views aren't bad. Um, I personally am just so used to like nighttime that I'm like, yeah, this is kind of weird in the middle of the afternoon, but yeah, to each their own. Yeah. It is interesting. Now, we have a little bit of a dilemma. Not necessarily a dilemma because we kind of touched on what show we're going to be watching first. But for the first time 
since 1989, uh, two major promotions will produce major events head-to-head, uh, and that is NXT will be having Battleground on uh, Peacock. It's going to be a premium live event, but at the same time, All Elite Wrestling will be doing double or nothing on pay-per-view. Yeah, which is, like I said, I'm just reading this off of Wikipedia. This is the first time since 1989 that two major promotions will produce major events head-to-head after WWE's WrestleMania, I believe that's WrestleMania 4, and World Championship Wrestling, WCW's Clash of Champions 5. I was negative seven years old (laughs) at the time when that happened, but... um. Yeah, that's, God, that's crazy to think. And it's it's so weird because I guess you're like, we're so used to, I guess, AEW and WWE doing stuff on the same weekend, but I guess never mm. at the same time. So it's like, oh, wow, this is weird. Or even if it's like the same day, the times are different maybe, but it was just like, oh, wow, yeah, this is actually, this has never happened before. Um, yeah, it's, it's such a gamble from WWE's point too, because yeah. I mean, to me, it's not like NXT is lighting the world on fire. No. And we all know uh, AEW, uh, you know, can kind of be hit or miss as of late. One moment they have, they're producing great content, and then the other is just kind of like lackluster. Uh, but, you know, it's it's just, this is, what a time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, and I, I just saw too on the uh, the Wikipedia page that, Shawn Michaels was like, oh, we actually didn't do this on purpose. It was just because of Memorial Day, because WWE offense always do good on holidays. And I'm like, all right, Shawn, whatever you want us to believe, but fine. (laughs) Maybe that is the truth. Who knows? But it's just very hard to not realize that that was like, I mean, it's very hard to believe that both promotions kind of pay attention to what the other is doing. It'd be very silly to think that they don't. So you mean to tell me that you guys did not realize that every Memorial Day weekend, AEW always does double or nothing, and you were just like, oh, well, I guess we'll just do something too, but it's only because of Memorial Day, it's not because of, like, AEW, it's like, okay, Sean, sure, <laughs> not that I don't believe you, but whatever. Um, either way, it's going to be a fun fun uh, evening of wrestling. For sure. I'm excited for it. Like I said, uh, probably going to be checking out uh, Double or Nothing Live and then move on to uh, Battleground afterwards. So which do you want to cover first? I'm, I'm down for whatever. Do you want to keep it WWE-centric or move over to AEW? <sighs> I might as well keep it with WWE because I, um, full disclosure, have not been keeping up with NXT as much as I could be. So I feel like you might have to help me out with a couple things. I do mm-hmm. know... I do know a little bit about the women's situation, obviously, with the women's wrestling, but uh, yeah, I may need some help, so we might as well just get that over the over with yeah. the way. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we're not recording, you know, because we usually record Tuesday nights and the episode drops Wednesday mornings, uh, for those that are new listening, um, we're usually recording, so I kind of, if it's something that, like, really kind of blew up on twitter like it's something to check out then that's when i kind of pop on nxc if we're not recording then it's on but it's kind of like background noise and i've I've always struggled to figure out why this version of nxt doesn't grab my attention like nxt black and gold did and the only thing i can allude to is nxt black and gold had a mixture of up-and-coming WWE talent that no one ever heard of, but they also sprinkled in 
household names to the hardcore wrestling fan yeah. that was on the in- independence, you know, Samoa mm-hmm. Joe, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, you know, the Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Those yeah. are just some names that come from an independent scene and had already built up a career for themselves that when they came to NXT it was almost like, oh, now we get to see what they can do with with a little bit of that WWE shine on. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. And and that's why it, it captivated me because I was always a fan of guys that made a name for themselves outside of WWE. And you go to this version of NXT and it's all about, you know, just building people up, which is not a bad thing. It's no. not, you know, I'm not criticizing them for it, saying they need to change. It's just weird. Like, it's hard for me to to latch on to someone unless I see like instant it has to be instant like it is with Carmelo Hayes like you instantly can tell you know he has it together with a little bit of seasoning he could be a major star you know yeah yeah I would agree with that too that's a very fair assessment it's just tough it's just tough to kind of keep keep uh keep my focus on NXT but I try I try to give it my best attention. So why don't we start off uh, for the NXT championships, uh, tag team championships, uh, Gallus, Mark Coffee, and Wolfgang will be defending the titles against the Creed brothers. Uh, this is, uh, you know, you look at it on paper, this is just four meaty guys that are probably just going to be throwing bombs at each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Creed brothers have some upside. They're kind of popular with the crowd. I and and they kind of fit the tag team mold almost like kind of like the Steiner brothers. Um, yeah. they kind of remind me of the Steiner brothers. Gallus isn't bad either. I just think people haven't really taken to them as well as they did with NXT UK. If you're a fan of NXT UK, yeah. um. Uh, if I had to put my money, I would love to see the Creed brothers win this one and get their flowers and kind of see if they can strap the rocket to them. But I wouldn't be surprised if Gallus ends up retaining the titles. So would you say Gallus is the the safe pick? Gallus is the safe pick. Uh, Creed brothers is is the is the shock factor pick. I think. Ah, all right. So yeah, I'll probably go with Gallus too because I feel like I haven't really. From what I've seen, I haven't really, I guess, gotten any indication. But then again, what do I know? Because, like <laughs> you said, it's a little tough when we record on the same night as NXT. So it's very hard to pick up right. things. So, um, yeah, I'll just go with Gallus because it's the safe and pick. It, and it's not one of those things that, like, NXT is so good that, like, you want to watch it even after we're done recording. We'll probably get done to, like, 11 or something. It's not like I'm going to throw on yeah. NXT to watch, you know, because I probably wouldn't be able to pay attention to it. Um, no. but you know, it, it, it is what it is. It has some shining moments. Uh, very interested in this match between Ilya Dragunov and Dijak, which is looking to be a last man standing match. Um, yeah. very interested in this. They kind of did a weird thing where like Ilya Dragunov almost voluntarily wanted to be tortured by Dijak, you know, he kind of okay. kept him as his prisoner, like NXT is doing these things where they're trying to bring out the character uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, of their performers, you know? Mm-hmm. And some of these people, like Ilya Dragunov and Dijak to a point, really don't need characters behind them. They can 
they can probably get by with just their ability in their in the ring if you let them go like you know either way i think this is going to be a good match this will probably surprise people uh and uh and the fact that it'll probably be a match that you're probably like not expecting to be good but ends up being very good so um i mean i think it would be pretty good because i feel like we both have seen these guys wrestle before clearly in nxt and nxt uk and you know how good they are so it's almost mm-hmm. like and then at the last man standing match so you have two very heavy hitters trying to incapacitate mm-hmm. another heavy hitter like oh boy this is gonna hurt in the best yeah. way possible as we like saying but um yeah i'm excited for this one too um <sighs> yeah, let's go with Ilya dragunov because why not yeah and, and i'm gonna go with Ilya as well and basically for the same reason to you it's just like why not you know yeah because i mean either one of them could win and be like yeah that makes sense yeah yeah and it doesn't hurt any of you know the opposite opponent like yeah. i said if it, it like and like you said too if it comes out being a hard-hitting match on both sides, I think the viewer is going to be satisfied with that. So I'm going to go with Ilya Dragunov because I like Ilya. Yeah, I mean, how can you not? <laughs> and then next up for the uh, North American Championship, it's going to be a triple threat match where Wesley will be defending the title against Tyler Bate and Joe Gacy. Um, this is another one that has potential to be a sleeper match, a really good one because Wesley and Tyler Bate are very good competitors in the ring. Joe yeah. Gacy, I'm still... My verdict on Joe Gacy is still kind of not out there completely. I just need something, something to kind of make him look like he's kind of head and shoulders above the rest. Yeah, so it's kind of a, he's not in their league yet. Not necessarily league-wise. It's more like he kind of just blends in. Mm-hmm. He blends in with everybody. Yeah, he doesn't stand out. Exactly. Where Wesley, obviously, he's the champion. He stands out. He's been a very good North American champion, uh, very much bringing legitimacy to the title. And Tyler Bates, just great. He's just a great in-rank performer. Uh, You know, he constantly can put out great performances, no problem. So I haven't seen any of that from Joe Gacy. Not saying that it's not there. I just haven't seen it myself to kind of where he can differentiate himself from the pack. Um, But for me, I'm going to say Wesley retains the title because, again, I think this reign is bringing some legitimacy to the North American Championship. They're they're doing a very good job because it went from Carmelo Hayes, who obviously is now the NXT champion, to Wesley. It's kind of like they're making the NXT North American Championship like the workhorse title of NXT. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, I, what is it with poor Wesley getting stuck in these like multi man matches for the title though? Because I feel like the last time he covered an NXT pay per view wasn't he in like the ladder match? I think. Yeah, it was a ladder match. Yeah, so this poor guy just can't have a one on one title match apparently. Um, <sighs> yeah, I feel like we'll, I'll go with Wesley too, but I would not be upset if Tyler Bate won because I mean like he could also bring legitimacy to the title too. That would be another one where it's like. Oh yeah, well if he wins, I'm not gonna be upset about it. But yeah, I feel like Wes finds a way to win again. Um, maybe next time, just put him in a one-on-one match for for his sake. Give the poor guy a break. But we'll we'll go with Wesley retaining. Yeah, I I, I think that's a solid bet for sure to put a put your money on Wesley to retain. Uh, moving on, we have a British Round Rules match for the NXT Heritage Cup where Noam Dar will be defending the Heritage Cup against Dragon Lee. Uh, this is one where 
and uh, like the the build up they had the the supernova session thing mm-hmm. uh, and it was just kind of like dragon lee just showed up and was like hey i'll challenge you for the heritage cup and that's how it happened you know? okay sure yeah so it's not like th- there's been a, a big story behind this one mm-hmm. um dragon lee is a phenomenal performer i think he he fits well in nxt i think the people will take to him because he has a great look with the mask and the entrance he comes out with people are really taken to him and he has the physical ability in the ring to kind of captivate the audience noam dar is like I don't know how to describe Noam Dar really, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. He's just he's just a guy that's really good at wrestling. He's very good at like the technical aspect of wrestling. Obviously, a lot of people that come from NXT UK um, have that in their back pocket, and he's pretty good at it. Um, but I would say if they're trying to build up the Heritage Cup to be a thing, um, I'd probably keep it on Noam Dar because he just again character work he's one of the characters that are, is actually good at what he does so he can kind of yeah. reel the audience in with his antics more than his wrestling ability and then when you see him wrestle you're like oh he's pretty good so it kind of works hand in hand um but i wouldn't be mad if dragon lee ends up picking up the win too because he's just on a phenomenal hot streak as well as his performances ever since he came to nxt so i wouldn't be mad either way yeah i <sighs> Yeah, I feel like if you want the Heritage Cup to be, like, a legit thing, you kind of can't, like, pinball it around. So, I feel like mm-hmm. Noam Dar retaining would make the most sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You want to avoid that kind of playing hot potato with anything you're trying to yeah. make legitimate, you yeah. know, which yeah. which they tend to do. Yeah, we've seen that before, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> great. Now, um, if you watched NXT, you already know, um what the the match is going to be for this one we kind of have a small little spoiler where it looks like lyra valkyria beat cora j to advance (laughs) to the finals for the vacant nxt championship and i know you're you're ecstatic about that i'm it's not that i was more surprised than anything because it's like well and i also i was sneakily kind of like checking as we've been recording this and apparently um it was not a great match unfortunately really it was like a five minute match. That's it. Really? And then Jade like chop blocked her and hit her with a kendo stick in the knees. So I feel like that's great. Um, <laughs> I'm checking their Twitter to see if the, cause I feel like, cause I think Roxanne and Tiffany were the main event. Yeah. And I'm still just, you know, trying to see if um, anything happened. And yeah. <sighs> Right now, it's looking like there's still... I don't know how they'd still be going on, considering the show's been over for two minutes, but they do like going over time. Um, yeah, NXT goes over time a lot. Um, all right. So so do you want to take a guess as to who won? Because they just posted like 11 seconds ago on their Twitter. I'm going to go with Tiffany Stratton. And Eric would be correct. I knew it. Oh, that's going to be it. interesting. I, oh, that's tough because I feel like that pretty much just kind of made up my mind as to who's probably winning this tournament. And um, it's, I think it's going to be Tiffany. It would have to, wouldn't it? Tiffany was my pick uh, to win the tournament right out the gate. Not because she wows me as a wrestler, but she, she's gotten very good. You know, we yeah. talk about progression with people like, like Jade Cargill who came out the gate really green as yeah. goose shit. So did Tiffany Stratton. 
she came out there getting her first match and you could tell oh she's got she's got some work to do but you could tell like it's it's clicking for her and she kind of it's almost like if we take a a WWE diva and give mm-hmm. them some wrestling ability yeah you know yeah that's uh that's fair um I it's I don't want to be that person, but I feel like it's almost it's very obvious. I feel like Tiffany Stratton is what Jade Cargill should be doing, as opposed as to like not like comparing the two rest like character wise, because I feel like Jade obviously blows her out of the water as far as character, mm-hmm. but I mean as like progression goes. And, and like, ring work. Yeah, I feel like Tiffany is doing what Jade should be doing, but obviously without the added caveat of she doesn't have a title to you know uh, stress her out with, but um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like from what I've seen here and there, I remember when we first were talking about Tiffany, I'm like, why is she here? We were just like, we were not having it. We were not happy. It was just like, this is ridiculous. Now, from what I'm seeing, she's gotten pretty good. So um, this should be a very good match because Lyra's no slouch either. Um, But yeah, I feel like it's got to be Tiffany now. Um, I was just sad because I was hoping we'd get Roxanne and Cora in the finals, but maybe that's for another day, I suppose. But uh, yeah, I think they're going to give it to Tiffany this time around. Tiffany Stratton, our pick to be thought. the yeah to be the new NXT Women's Champion. Who'd have thunk it? <laughs> Funny how a few months can change some things. <laughs> and then for the main event of NXT Battleground, it'll be Carmelo Hayes defending the NXT Championship against former champion Braun Breaker in a rematch. Um. Real quick, I'm just going to go right out the gate and say Carmella retains. Um, But I have been enjoying Braun Breaker ever since he flipped the switch and turned into the heel character. I think it it works for him for the time being. Not that, like, being the face of the company, I felt like at the very end of his title reign, it was making sense that, you know, he was the guy. He was kind of piecing it together to to at least be the guy for NXT. And then they kind of swerved us and flip the switch and then turn him into yeah. a heel and then you're like oh this is like untapped potential you know um yeah. so and, and Braun Breaker's another one kind of similar to Tiffany Stratton in my eyes at first I was like I don't know like I don't know about this guy like mm-hmm. you know what does what he show me that's different but his power game is unreal he's got the explosive power um and just kind of like you he's kind of like that jock meathead that you kind of hate yeah yeah that's pretty <laughs> accurate uh-huh <laughs> you know and then carmelo hayes is like i said earlier is just the guy that you you saw you know kind of has the potential to be something great in 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 the, in this industry you know he can talk he's athletic he's got a great look to him trick williams is a nice little asset you know as a mouthpiece for him yeah. They kind of work well together. So I'm really enjoying Carmelo Hayes' work. I think he can really keep elevating the title. That's why my money's on Carmelo Hayes. Yeah, I feel like you can't take the title off of Carmelo at this point. Um, Yeah, Braun, it was a very good time to turn him because I feel like the crowd was starting to turn on him uh, towards mm-hmm. the end of like his his reign. Yeah, those, uh, it was kind of just out of nowhere, too. It was just one minute they were loving him, the next they were not having it. So uh, Fickle. Very, very fickle. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, so yeah, I think he's doing really good work as a heel right now. But I feel like you can't not, you can't not go with Carmelo though. Like he's just too yeah. good right now. 
yeah, he's too good. So um, I'm also going for Carmelo. So again, looking back, you know, this card isn't knock your socks off, but there's some stuff you kind of want to pay attention to. Again, I don't think it's going to beat out the double or nothing card. Um, Not that the card is wowing me, you know, and I said that about AEW. There, there's some matches that I'm looking forward to, like the Anarchy in the Arena match. Oh, yeah. <sighs> uh, <laughs> and the, pillar, the Pillars match. Uh, <laughs> those two I'm, I'm definitely uh, looking forward to. Um, yeah. You know, and, but this is a, a massive card. Uh, according to Wikipedia, there's nine matches. Uh, so we probably should get right into it. Um, first up, Adam Cole versus Chris Jericho in an unsanctioned match. Yeah, this is, <laughs> um, Adam Cole working as a face. I, and it's working. That's the thing too. It's not like people are like seeing right through it. He can legitimately make you want to cheer for him. And I think they've done a good job with Jericho being, you know, just the asshole that he is of like going after Brit and just dodging him every chance he got. So I feel like Adam would have to win this one. You would think, wouldn't he? You would hope. You would hope. <laughs> you know me. I'm always going to root for whoever's facing Chris Jericho. Yeah. And it's um, just, he had a bonus that it's Adam Cole, but um, yeah. Oh, anytime Jericho's in a match anymore, it makes me nervous because I feel like it should be a very easy. He shouldn't win this match, but there's always a, but he always kind of politics his way into winning. As if know. somehow it makes it better uh, that he that he yeah. wins instead of elevating other talent. Um, yeah. But I think um, this is one of those things where, like, Adam Cole could win this one and then you put him right in the main event scene to kind of, you know, b- bolster that main event scene. He's just always been ready for the main event. He, oh, yeah. If, if the concussion didn't happen, who knows? He probably could be in a in a program with MJF as we speak, you know, oh, and the could promos. be a yeah, the promos would be great, the matches would be great. Yeah. Um and he'd be a viable contender for the championship. Um but I think after he if he can get rid of Chris Jericho in this unsanctioned match, I think that's the trajectory of where they're headed. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. You cannot put him in the main like main event of picture after this. So you you yeah. got to give it to Adam. Yeah, for sure. So we're both going Adam Cole. For sure. All right. Next up, there is a six-man tag team match uh, between Ethan Page and the Guns taking on Hardy Party, the uh, Hardy Brothers, Jeff and Matt, and Isaiah <laughs> Cassidy. Now, the uh, caveat to this one is if Hardy Party wins, Matt Hardy will own Ethan Page's contract. So, big whoop. <laughs> I mean, I feel like... I feel like there have been very few instances where this wasn't the case. I feel like every time AEW puts in a stipulation, for the most part, you can kind of tell one way or the other where it's going to go. You, Hardy Party has to win. Like, what would be the point of them losing? Mm-hmm. Just so, like, Matt could get his revenge on Ethan because Ethan tried to make his life a living hell for when he had his contracts. So I feel like, isn't it make the most sense to just get the revenge? Yeah, I think so. And like you said, it kind of with this stipulation, why would you make it that stipulation if you're not going to see it through? Exactly. I mean, it was different when it was like 
I don't know, FTR where it's like, oh, we're never, we're just going to leave AEW if we can't win these titles. Like, that one was a little shaky. I got a little nervous on that one, but <laughs> this one's just way too obvious. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, I mean, I can only hope Jeff Hardy doesn't dive off something really high. Yeah, let's please keep him, for the most part, off the high scaffolding area. Yeah, because this is going to be his, his, his first match back right not counting the firm deletion because that was kind of cinematic and everything uh this is the first time he'll be in the ring in front of the crowd so hopefully it it goes smoothly but i think uh, like you said obvious points out to the hardy party winning so they can gain control of ethan page's contract (sighs) poor egon poor egon (laughs) (laughs) all right moving on uh someone we've talked about already at length as for the AEW tbs championship jade cargill will be defending the title against taya valkyrie and this is the first time they've at least put a uh, an opponent in front of jade that looks like a viable opponent that can actually beat her this is the first time they've done like a rematch let's be real i feel like they're probably every time we say these things i always know that there's probably something that makes me completely wrong when i say it but it's just from what i can remember let's leave with that caveat from what i can remember this is the first time she's actually had a legit rematch instead of oh well i wrestled you like a few months ago and no one remembers so i'm just gonna challenge you again this is the first time where it's like she hasn't just moved on from somebody and it's like okay yeah i'm done with you like we're, we're moving on it's like no we're actually getting a legit rematch does it change yeah. the fact that i think jade's gonna retain <sighs> no i don't i don't think so <laughs> um i feel like maybe just maybe this is what i'm just hoping for i guess that for once in jade's life she has to legitimately cheat to win because she knows she can't beat taya i guess Mm -hmm. just show us some more complex something please instead of just taya throws in some offense and all of a sudden you hit the bicycle kick and then jade and you win like yeah something just anything because i feel like could Ty win? Yes, absolutely. Would it be a surprise? Kind of, but I feel like if, I mean, Ty speaks for herself in the ring. I feel like it wouldn't be like an, oh my god, that's I can't believe someone like her would win. Her beating Jade would be believable, but I just don't <sighs> I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think, because what are we at now? Like 50, is it 59 and 1 after that, after that whole Rampage shit show? Yeah, um, it's 59 and 0, I believe. I feel like it <sighs> I don't know. I suppose aesthetically speaking, wouldn't it look nicer to be fifty or sixty and one instead of fifty nine and one? Like, just couldn't get to the sixty, I guess. Because I feel like <laughs> they can't help themselves with that kind of milestone thing. So I feel like they won't help themselves, but give Jade sixty undefeated wins. So I feel like I <sighs> just say Jade and get it over with. <laughs> yeah. Um. <sighs> Like like you said, Jade needs some sort of complexity in yeah. her matches. And I've been saying it for weeks. Show me that she can be vulnerable. She doesn't have to lose. But yeah. if you make it like, oh, man, she almost lost that one and kind of won by the skin of her teeth. Yeah. You know? Make her, make her become desperate for once. Right. She hasn't you looked know? uncomfortable in any of these matches. Perfect way to put it, yes. Um, Not only that, but you can really kind of make her uncomfortable leading up to matches. 
where she's yeah. kind of clutching at the title, like clutching at the pearls, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, again, perfect example. She knows that she can barely beat Taya, so she, like, kind of like what we were saying with Trish and Becky, chicken shit heals her way to a win, and the very first time we'll actually see her, like, clutching that title as she's, like, walking away and Taya's pissed, but then it's like, okay, there's gonna be no rematch because you lost twice now. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I think... Again, just give us a little bit of that storytelling in, in some Jade Cargo matches and maybe something. people will turn it around. <sighs> just something because right now, and it's it's not even just you and I, more and more people I've seen on social media are getting real tired of this real quick. Everyone's just <laughs> catching up with us, I think. But yeah. they're uh they're 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 turning. It's not it's not good. Um so they gotta do something because <sighs> I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it doesn't end there. Uh, like I said earlier, this is the match I'm looking forward to the most because this is the match uh, I was sold when it came to what happened on Dynamite. The mm-hmm. Blackpool Combat Club, Brian Danielson, John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, and Wheeler Yuta will be taking on the Elite, uh, Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson, and Hangman Adam Page rejoining the Elite. Uh, that was uh, that moment where he came out to... Uh, joined the elites in their uh, fight against the BCC. That was just perfect moment. You know, it wasn't, it it was just, it was just perfect. Everything about it was just great. You know, the posturing where he stood uh, with the elite, like, yeah, I'm, I'm down to do this. And then, getting on the mic and then making because i'm i'm like well they're probably gonna go like blood and guts and then they went anarchy in the arena i'm like oh that's not a bad idea the last time they did that that was pretty fun so uh i think this is just gonna be fun you know people are gonna bleed most likely john moxley's gonna bleed yeah you know um there's gonna be a lot of super kicks uh very interesting though they we haven't seen brian danielson get into any of the scraps he's kind of been laying low kind of hanging back so this is the first time he's going to get in there and really scrap it up and again anarchy in the arena means falls i believe that's falls count anywhere throughout the arena they Mm -hmm. can go outside as we saw with roderick strong and chris jericho uh this past wednesday on dynamite that's a possibility it could do that this is it's just going to be madness in the best way possible it's gonna be anarchy in the arena um it's um yeah i'm excited for this one too because i feel like every like stadium stampede anarchy in the arena match is always very entertaining in their own way um i hope hangman brings one of the horses back chase somebody mm-hmm. down um uh, yeah i mean it killed me because i specifically remember on dynamite there was a person in the crowd that had like the missing hangman like like sign so i bet they felt like very vindicated when he like came back but um yeah that was a very good segment that was like a perfect way to end everything up for uh or tie everything up for double or nothing i feel like you got to give it to the elite i would think because they've just been beat they've just been terrorized by the bcc for weeks now so i feel like you got to give them some type of retribution yeah i i could see that i'd probably put my money on that uh observation as well um it makes a lot of sense sense like you said they've been getting the shit kicked out of them these past couple weeks you know um and they've been fighting back as best as they could but once once hangman got in there you could felt the tide kind of change yeah you know Mm -hmm. so 
I think uh, they can capitalize that and give the elite uh, a, a win against the BCC. And it probably wouldn't hurt the BCC, who's probably uh, the most dominant faction in a sea of factions on AEW, but they're probably the most dominant at this point in AEW. Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely agree with that one. Yeah, so we're both going with the Elite to win the Anarchy in the Arena match. Again, that's probably the match I'm looking forward to the most. This next one is going to be pretty good as well because you get two heavy hitters, which is what I'm looking forward to most. Jamie Hayter will be defending the AEW Women's World Championship against Tony Storm. Now, this match was booked uh, this past Wednesday on Dynamite. You know, they've been going back and forth, the Outcast and Jamie Hayter and DMD, you know, but Jamie Hayter... I, I, I love Jamie here. She's hard hitting. She's physical. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. she's got power. Tony Storm. Yeah, Tony Storm in the same way. She's she's got some power. She can pack a punch. Great wrestlers. They probably have some good chemistry with each other. I mean they had good chemistry when uh Jamie won the title from Tony. Um <sighs> all right. So we're gonna we're gonna take a trip back to Dynamite. So when Uh-oh. Tony had her match, um I kind of saw things out of order. I don't remember what I was doing Wednesday. I didn't just, I didn't get to see Dynamite live. So when I saw that it was Jamie and Tony and then finally got to watch Dynamite, I'm like, wait, that's how she, that's how she gets the title (laughs) shot. She just like, she just beats somebody that's not even Jamie. Okay. That makes total sense. And then she said the backstage promo and I'm like, okay, I guess. Um, And I feel bad because especially with, the outcast i love soraya obviously everyone knows i love ruby i don't mind tony but she's not like on the same level for me as like soraya and ruby as much as interest goes not like talent wise just personally for me i don't mind tony but i love ruby and soraya more mm-hmm. so she's always just been kind of like the odd person out for me of the outcast but <sighs> yeah i can see that i'm not mad that this match is happening i'm just mad that we still do not have a end all be all fight between the homegrowns and the outcasts and we have been waiting months it feels like for something mm-hmm. something new and i <laughs> i my boss and i literally talked about this for 20 minutes at work friday it is just the same shit over and over and over again and i think what frustrates me is the fact that i love a lot of people in this like feud again soraya Ruby, Britt, obviously, Jamie. It's the same shit all the time. Like, mm-hmm. somebody has a match. The outcasts try to spray paint someone. Jamie and Britt make the save. Repeat and rinse and repeat and rinse and repeat. The only interesting thing outside of it was we got Sheeta in it, which is like great. That mm-hmm. was fun. But now we're back to the same shit over and over again. Like, why can we not just end this already? I'm not sure why this is still going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I can see your points. You're making some uh, solid points. Um, Give them anarchy the... in the arena. That would have been fun. Or blood and guts at this point. Give them <laughs> blood and guts. Like, oh my god. Could you imagine these women in blood and guts? Oh my god. It would literally be blood and guts. I want to see it happen. <laughs> so, like, I, ho- I hope. I hope that, like, future us listens to this episode and we're like, oh, thank god that this actually happened because we've been just screaming about it for months now. But I hope that we predicted the future and they do get a blood and guts match. So we don't, we aren't as mad as we are now, I guess, but it's just like, give us something else, please. Mm. I am begging you, or at least just do 
do something different with the story other than we're just going to keep brawling with each other after every match and we're not going to like that nothing's going to happen we're just going to keep fighting each other after every match it's like can we do something at least just different if you're not going to give us like the end all be all match just like change some things up a little bit like something anything but it, it kind of feels like the only interesting they did was substitute uh Hikaru Shida for Riho like they swapped yeah. swapped them out you know and that was like the only interesting thing the only wrinkle in this whole story I guess you can call it um between the outcast and the OGs of AEW uh like, but I I agree with you kind of there needs to be an end-all be-all to this like I thought the the most interesting thing they had they had done was when Sheeta came back and it looked like she was joining the outcast because we were both like what the fuck is going on because this is not <laughs> this isn't normal what are they doing and then they like swerved everyone so I'm like oh that's really cool I hope they continue to do like this like builds off it mm-hmm. and it hasn't so great uh whatever <laughs> um as opposed to the match though the match I think will be really good because their first match that they had um last year was good so I don't expect anything less um Jamie retains like that's just that's too easy because I'm hoping and praying that clearly if we're not going to get any blow off match by uh, all in I'm praying that it's going to be Jamie and Soraya at all in because I feel like that just makes the most sense you get the two hometown girls wrestling so um yeah Jamie's gonna win it's like there's no question yeah I like that I like uh Jamie winning and she's been one of those people that kind of elevated the title which is kind of un, un you know it was unexpected for her to do that and shine so well with the title because she kind of won it and it kind of she shocked the world not really shocked because she had so much momentum by the time she won the title but it was like it was like okay listen. let's see yeah like he, let's see what you can do and she's been outperforming uh all the way through so again this should be a pretty good match i i completely agree i i don't expect anything but a good match from these two but uh sure. yeah haters gonna retain like she has to yeah i agree with you uh moving on there is going to be a 21 man blackjack battle royal for the AEW international championship the champion orange cassidy basically was like uh whoever wants to face me and then they were like <laughs> how about 20 other people and he's like sure uh he so it's gonna care. be a battle royal and i think you would think 20 20 other people there's no shot orange cassidy wins this thing but i think he's gonna figure out a way to win yeah i feel like it's kind of tough to like break this match down because we really don't know anybody in this match other than i think wikipedia said aaron solo powerhouse hobbs and qt marshall and 17 others and orange so it's like (laughs) if that's all we're seeing right now i like orange's odds he just he'll find a way because he's always found a way um I don't want to get too much into it because I know we have a question about him and the uh, the title anyway. But yeah, Orange has got to find a way to to retain it because that's just Orange. That's just yeah. how he is. He's yep. an enigma. I, yeah, I'm with you there. I think Orange is is going to win this one. All right. So moving on, there is a ladder match for the AEW TNT Championship. Wardlow will be defending the title against Christian Cage again. A ladder match. Uh. Only thing kind of interesting about this whole thing has been Christian's promos. He's yeah. been getting a lot of heat, uh, been getting booed out of the building, which has been pretty good. Um, uh, ladder match doesn't do anything for me. I know we have a question about Wardlow, so yeah. I won't dissect Wardlow too much. But I think that's the detriment is that 
Warlow hasn't really been that interesting to me. <laughs> well, I feel like, uh, and it's tough because I feel like if we go by off of what my mom says, which is pretty much the question, but we'll rehash it later, that she thinks that Wardlow is going to lose to Christian at this pay-per-view. And I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Because yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised like, either. Because I could easily see them going the route of, well, Wardlow's like, you know what? Well, I'm just going to beat you at your own game. And it totally just backfires in his face. But also throw in the fact that he's not very good at holding on to the TNT title for very long. That <laughs> you almost just expect him to lose it anyway. It doesn't matter who he's wrestling. But um, <sighs> I feel like just because I said it the way I said it, I think we'll just go with Christian will win because I feel like that entire building is going to explode if he wins. Yeah, I think I think they're going to swerve it. Uh, Luchasaurus is going to get involved. You know, and and Christian's gonna somehow snake his way into winning the AEW TNT Championship, and I feel like that could be a moment where finally the TNT Championship has some legitimacy to it. Christian yeah. could have a very long run and solidify it as a big championship, and the heat that he gets as a bad guy uh, will will do astronomical favors for the championship. I completely agree. Yeah, so I think this is going to be a swerve where Christian Cage ends up getting the win. Yeah, I agree. All right. Uh, For the AEW Tag Team Championships, FTR will be taking on Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal with Mark Briscoe as the special guest referee. Um, uh, (laughs) My interest level on this one's kind of mid. I will say, for all the shit that we talk about Chris Jericho coming in beating young up-and-coming guys that he should be elevating. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is is an old vet that kind of hasn't tried to outshine his position, you know? Yeah. I can I can give him credit there where he's in this position. It's not necessarily must-see TV, eyes glued, but it's not like he's trying to take spots from other people. He's just in there yeah. doing his job because he's, he's a well-known vet, He's a phenomenal wrestler. You know, he's had an illustrious career. He's a Hall of Famer. Uh, So I can appreciate the fact that he's just kind of in there, not going for a top spot, doing some stuff with uh, Sanjay, Satnam Singh, and Jay Lethal. A little bit of comedy spots here and there. So it's kind of working. As far as winning the championships, uh, I, I don't see a reason FTR has to lose the championships. Yeah, it's... I hate that this is even a thing because I guess just the whole Jeff, Jr. J. Lethal, like that whole group, I just have never found entertaining really. Right. So, yeah, FTR can't lose these titles, like please, because I feel like I feel like they're gonna end up going on like a few with the Hardys at some point. If this is like the Hardys' last run, why wouldn't you have them with FTR? Ooh, I like that. That sounds a lot more appealing to me than the Hardys and Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. I can tell you that much. That's true. That's true. Um. Yeah, I just don't see, like you said, a potential match against the Hardys. There's potential matches down the road that FTR can have that'll really elevate the tag team titles and make them must-see TV. Um, And FTR is a great tag team. And they kind of fit that mold and can make the tag team championships a great thing. You know, so that's why I wouldn't take take the titles off them just yet. Uh, No, please don't. (laughs) More begging you, please don't. (laughs) And then... The main event, it is a four-way match for the AEW World Championship. The four pillars will collide where MJF defends the title against Sammy Guevara, 
Jungle Boy Jack Perry, and Darby Allen. Uh, this, I'm intrigued by this match only because I'm like, well, why the hell would they just throw them all in there at once? Yeah. Where they can kind of flesh some stories out and have one to two years uh, worth of storytelling between all four of these guys. Um, but it is what it is. I'm going yeah. safe bet and smart money. I think MJF is going to retain, which is kind of interesting because you wouldn't expect him to retain with only a 25% chance of winning. Yeah. I just but don't go ahead. He's a, no, he's a chicken shit. heel, so of course he's going to find a way to like, or he'll just do that thing of let the other three completely just beat each other senseless. And that's going to pick up the pieces. That's like, that would be such an MJF thing to do. Yeah. The only thing about this is that, like, it seems like they've tried to make the other pillars seem more interesting than MJF as a champion. Yeah, MJF just kind of been there. Yeah. Maybe that's the point where it's just like people already hate his guts as it is. So let's just try to elevate the other three so they're, I don't know, on his level of. Uh, I'm not going to say popularity, just like you know what i mean though or it's like yeah people talk about him enough so now you're talking about the other three just as much yeah i'm totally with you there um the only other person i can see not being mjf and winning i kind of see with all access i kind of got sucked in and started watching that yeah yeah they I did made, too. <laughs> they've oh, made sammy it. such an endearing <laughs> character did see this is so funny because i feel like they did the complete opposite with me where um was, you're just annoyed by him it was just like it got old week after week of him and ty being like i don't have a match i'm not on tv i want to be on tv i want to show what i can do and i'm just like are we done yet already and like three episodes in i'm like can we like knock this shit off like it was just yeah <laughs> it just got old for me so just personal preference i guess um if I had to pick someone that I would like to see beat MJF, I think it would be Darby Allen. Just like, yeah, just because. But yeah, it's it's gonna be MJF, I think. Just because, why wouldn't it be? I don't think he'd be losing the title anytime soon. Yeah, and then and then the question, you know, like we had with Bianca and Oscar, is if if uh, MJF wins, then who's next? We kind of alluded to maybe possibly uh, someone challenging him down the road, maybe Adam Cole. Or something yeah. like that, you know. Uh, but it's fun. like, yeah, I think that'd be fun. Uh, I w- but I'm wondering, like, I kind of like to line it up. It's this guy, then you can go to this guy. You can yeah. kind of see the pathway of a legitimate reign. It's kind of hard. That's why I'm wondering why I throw all four guys in there at once. Kind of flesh it out. Because apparently they didn't have that kind of time. I guess. I don't know. Oh, no, they don't have that kind of time. They just only added a whole new show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a whole uh, new show to their their roster of, of uh, content. So, uh just yeah. uh, but I think smart money, smart money is just picking MJF to win. Yeah, I, I would agree. All right, so there you have it. We predicted Night of Champions, NXT Battleground, and AEW Double or Nothing. Uh, like <sighs> I said, big weekend. NXT and Night of Champions are happening on Peacock. Uh, and then Double or Nothing is happening on pay-per-view at the same time as NXT Battleground. I don't suspect if they were to put them head-to-head that uh, uh, NXT would beat out uh, AEW programming, but stranger yeah. things have happened. 
I don't think it'll happen either, but you never, you never know. <laughs> you never know. It's, I hope this is nine matches on the card that they can deliver a big card because their, their, their TV show, it's hit or miss at this point. Yeah. You know, they kind of, like I said, the, the stuff with the elite and the BCC was phenomenal television. Mm-hmm. Everything else was just kind of, yeah. it was just kind of there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fine. Yeah. I guess it, it was fine, but yeah, big weekend of, of wrestling, a lot of stuff to watch. Obviously our next episode, will be breaking it down. Um, but it's time to go on to my favorite part of the show. I don't know if it's yours, but it's definitely oh, yeah. mine. It it's, always where, is. it's, it's basically the gist of our show when yeah. there's nothing like these programs that we have to break down. We answer your questions that you send in to us via social media. And I'll give you all the socials at the end of the show. But if you send us questions and we answer them and we have a stuffed mailbag, so we might as well get right into it. That's putting it mildly. We have, I think we have 17, if I counted correctly, I may be wrong, but we're in the, we're in the mid teens. Let's put it that way. So good thing we, we're not on the time crunch. And I love how in the pre-production meeting, we were like, yeah, we'll just like get through the like, pay-per-views real quickly and then get to the questions and cut to almost an hour and a half later. And we're <laughs> finally getting to the questions, but <laughs> That's what we expect around here. Um, oh, yeah. All right. So we're going to start with mom's questions first. Okay. Um, well, all right. So we have a mix of questions and comments this time. So her first comment is the interaction between Triple H and Cody was outstanding. She thought it was a great like pep talk. Yeah. 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 I would agree. Because I mean, Cody's the... just stubborn. He wasn't going to listen to Triple H. Let's be real. Yeah. I, for me, it was just like the interaction between the two at the first, you know, jump. It's like, Wow. Uh, Triple H and Cody. Obviously, everybody's making throne breaker jokes yeah. on Twitter. You I'll know, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of like wanted him to, but I thought it would be just too cheesy and obvious for him to go, and it wouldn't be for the right moment. Um, yeah. But Cody's on another level when it comes to his promos. Then he get you know ever since he's gotten back to WWE, and, you know, and to have those little glimpses of Triple H on the program, yeah. you know being that he's such a fan yeah being that he's such a fan favorite at this point that look everybody's looking at him like you know he could be the savior of everything you know so (laughs) it's 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 kind of it it worked and like i said having it close out the show was very interesting to me and it was kind of a gamble and i think it was so well done that people kind of bought into it like you know like Mm -hmm. you know it was a great way to close the show and you know obviously they want to see what happens yeah, I completely agree. It was a it was a fun time. Uh, all right, so I I'll state the comment and then we'll talk about the conversation you and I had about it yesterday. It was yesterday okay. or Sunday? I don't remember. Um, my, oh God, Mom would like to wish a speedy recovery to Dakota Kai. It's a damn mm. shame she tore her ACL. I don't know if it was the same one that she tore before or not. Um, mm. if you hear anything behind me talking, that's hello darkness, my old friend Lane, because <laughs> needless to say, I was not happy. Um, yeah. I, uh, if I remember specifically, I sent you that tweet and said, I fucking hate everything. Um, <laughs> I was going to send you the tweet when I saw it, but I'm like, ah, she definitely saw it. And it's probably just punching the air at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, uh, pain. Yeah, it just... All I know is pain. 
<laughs> it just sucks because like we we were talking about before a couple weeks ago um those individual matches that EO Sky and Dakota Kai had with Becky Lynch and everything those were kind of breakout matches that you saw and you're like they don't really need to do this damage control thing it's great but they don't yeah. really need to do it because these two can stand on their own two feet they just have very good chemistry together which is why they kept them together yeah. now i think they yeah. they really have no choice but to keep EO and Bailey together um uh, maybe that's a far-sighted comment uh, i might have to break that down uh, but yeah it's just a bummer for dakota kai like i said she's she was she was on a roll with damage control we were even talking about her possibly winning money in the bank now it's yeah. like, oh and yeah it's all right so if i remember hearing correctly and again this is just like the whole speculation or just i mean then again i feel like at this point you just watch the video back it kind of speaks for itself it apparently she screwed her leg up on that lake meteora mm -hmm. which when you watch it you look at it and it's like jesus christ yeah you can see how that was a problem because it just did not land correctly and i think some people were probably wondering why the hell did she land that way because that's not how you're supposed to do the meteora like you know mm -hmm. at all from what i remember hearing at that point Liv morgan who was also injured in that same match so apparently that match was just cursed um she partially tore her rotator cuff at some point i don't think it, it was during that spot it was i think before it so she was already hurt so dakota yeah. was trying to protect Liv. so i feel mm -hmm. like if she would have done how you're supposed to i would assume and obviously we're not professionals here i'm just going by off of observation alone if you take a meteora i assume like the person giving the meteora's like legs are on your shoulders to begin with and that's what takes the brunt of the impact i would assume yeah she kind of planted yeah. with her feet flat on the ground and i think the that, that sudden stop yeah where she planted and she planted her foot flat on the ground yeah. instead of her knees that's yeah. kind of what did it yeah, and so I think she was trying to protect Liv from tearing the rotator cuff even more. So I feel like that, as usual, is just a testament to the kind of performer and person Dakota is in general. I'm not mm -hmm. surprised that she did that. It's just a damn shame she like blew her knee up in the process. But that just shows you the kind of person Dakota is. So it makes me very sad. I hate it. Um, I hate everything. So now it's just waiting for her to come back and until then i will be suffering um to say the least those damn but, those titles are cursed they were, they must be <laughs> like god damn so it's like maybe you know what maybe shana and ronda shouldn't get them after all like please <laughs> leave them alone um but yes i hope live obviously heals up soon obviously i hope dakota does soon but she i mean she came back from that first one better than ever so you know of course she'll come back better than ever on this one it's just a matter of waiting and it'll make me sad but yeah it's just <sighs> been a bad week for women's wrestling i mean you look at Jesus, dakota yeah. getting hurt Liv getting hurt then mercedes monet Ooh. getting hurt and she's yeah. gonna be out for a very long time because she literally broke her ankle yeah you know? and i heard that title that they made was specifically for her and i'm like first off I don't want to hear anything because Willow winning it is not a downgrade because Willow is a very good performer. So she was just as deserving to win that yeah, title. Yeah. Uh, it's just a damn shame she had to win because Mercedes ankle was non-existent, but yeah, 
<sighs> yeah, it, it sucks, but Willow's just so good. Like if I was yeah. if I was booking a promotion, I definitely would want to scoop her up. Yeah. So she's just a phenomenal talent. New Japan will be fine with her yeah. as the champion. They don't have yeah. to worry, but oh, God, what the hell's going on? Um everything's falling apart, Eric. <laughs> Anyway, before I get even more depressed than I already am about that, um, we're going to move on. So, um, ooh, this is a good one. Who should uh, Switchblade's next opponent be and why? Ugh. I know. Ugh. My mom loves oh Switchblade, my. if you can't tell. She's very she's grown very fond of Switchblade. So. Switchblade is great, but... He's cool. <laughs> but the, the way he was brought in, like, he was a very highly touted free agent, like, they yeah. were they were both sides AEW and WWE were at least looking at him before he came to AEW as as a game changer. Yeah. Um just pairing him up with with Juice Robinson and having yeah. him come in to be Juice Robinson's heavy kind of I can't. Yeah, it just it wasn't it wasn't believable. It was kind of no. mid-cardish for a guy that you touted as a, yeah yeah you touted him as a main event player but yeah. it just kind of felt very mid-cardish yeah uh, he needs somebody big um yeah <sighs> i mean in a perfect world he would kick juice to the curb and be like if i want to go after mjf which i feel like we completely forgot that's a sad thing we completely forgot he could go after mjf for the title no problem good and all he could do is just kick Juice to the curb and be like, yeah, if I want to go after the title, I need to take this more seriously and you are not helping. So, like, get out of here. Uh, dead weight kind of stuff. But until that happens, um, I don't know, maybe... I mean, you can't say Adam Cole just yet. I feel like that could be a whole if Adam wins the title thing. That could be a whole, like, rehashing mm -hmm. the feud. Um, even, though, even though they started off on AEW as friends... Yeah, because remember when uh when when Switchblade was doing those little spots yeah. here and there for AEW, he was kind uh -huh. of brought in as a friend of the undisputed elite. Um, yeah, and then he kind of just started doing his own thing, and Adam's like, "What are you? What are you doing? This mm -hmm. is like not what we talk about." So that maybe could be a thing, but oh god, as of right now though, Jungle Boy maybe. Hmm. That could be interesting. But if Jungle Boy just comes off this loss from Double or Nothing, what's another loss going to do? Because I really don't think you want Switchblade to lose anytime soon. Right. Uh, so I feel like who could be someone that could afford to lose, though? That's the problem. And I feel like there's very few people in AEW that, that, that has that luxury. Um, ugh. It's tough because they're such a massive uh, roster. And someone, yeah. you could do like... Uh, do like a, a I would love to see a Roderick Strong match against Ooh, Switchblade. That'd, that'd be, be a good a, one. Yeah, that'd be a fun match. I think Roderick is just like chomping at the bit to show that he he's still Roderick Strong. Like, you know, yeah. he still can get it done in the ring. He's like sneakily like underrated, which is crazy. I still can't get over the fact that how he like debuted in AEW was like the biggest surprise of like anything because I feel like I mean, we talked about it when he came in. It was like no one talked about him 
at all. Everyone mm-hmm. just assumed he was still under contract with WWE. No, not WWE didn't even say anything, which I'm like, that's kind of weird because usually they'll say something. So for him to just show up was just like, what the hell's going on in like the best way possible. But yeah, he's always been good. I mean, hell, how many times did we hear when he was with Undisputed Era, he was like the workhorse of the group because his mm-hmm. endurance, his stamina is ungodly and human. So yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to him and Switchblade. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, I think that'd be a fun one between two guys that are just kind of just chomping at the bit to show that they can get it done in the ring. Yeah, I I would agree. So you know what? We'll hope that that happens. But uh, that remains to be seen. But that would be a fun one. Mm, all right, we kind of talked about this one, the last two a little bit. First one is what match are we most looking forward to, a double or nothing? I would say the anarchy in the arena for sure, just mm-hmm. because of the, the spectacle of it all. Yep. So that one was rather easy. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love the setup to it on Dynamite was just yeah. perfect. It, it sold just, me you, on it right away. Yeah, you couldn't get any better than what they did on Dynamite. That was that was all we needed to see to yeah. hope for that. And kind of again we talk about it. Does Christian be Wardlow a double or nothing? Mom seems to think so. And you know what? I would probably agree, honestly. Yeah, Wardlow's kind of, for me, he's kind of hitting the Karen Cross levels, which I know your mom is uh, probably going to hate me. <laughs> I can watch it because I might be too, but oh, that, oh God, I hate art. I can't argue with it. That's the worst part. I speak facts. <sighs> All right, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Um, but it's the truth, though. It's just like they, you can't pinball the TNT title around and have him be most of the time losing it and expect them to, you know, yeah. Now he should be having the Jade Cargill run and it would be it would make the most sense. With yeah. Jade Cargill, you kind of have to have the blinders on. With yeah. Wardlow, it'd be believable right off the bat. Yeah, I would agree, but yeah, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Um Yeah. So anyway, that's that was all of mom's questions. So mom, <laughs> thank you as always. Thank you, mom. Happy belated birthday. She just celebrated a birthday a couple days ago. Yeah, it was my mom's, I'm not going to say it, so she will kill me birthday <laughs> on the 21st. Um, she wouldn't care anyway, but I wouldn't do that to her. So yes, her birthday was uh, the 21st. It's a, May is a very big birthday month for <laughs> my family and my friends, because I have at least four other friends that have birthdays in this month, including my own and my mom's. So it's just, and her, hers and mine are nine days apart. So it's very, very close together. And it's it sucks <laughs> because it's almost like I have... We have Mother's Day the weekend before, and then wow. literally the week after is my mom's birthday. So I'm like, <laughs> this is a nightmare to buy gifts for, but um, <laughs> we made it through. So now we just have to get to mine and make it to mine in one piece. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. We'll get there. But um, all right, I'm trying to see, because we have two more people ask us questions. And I feel like, I feel like Mike's questions are the ones we always like to save for the best for last because we always uh, have to think with these kind of questions. So we'll save those. So we'll move on to Jack's questions. So Jack, thank you as always. This is a rather interesting one to start off with. Uh, Should Bianca Belair turn heel? Because Jack thinks it might give her a refresh and some new opponents as well. It would give her a refresh. The only problem is the, the she is... there's no kink in her armor. You know what I'm saying? Like with with the heel, with the heel, they kind of have to have something. A reason. 
they, they like they're not on the level as the baby face, but they'll cheat to win, which yeah. will always put them on top. I feel and, like or just like she has to have a reason, a legit reason to turn as opposed to just turning for the sake of turning. I feel like yeah, like I don't know say like Oscar beats her and then she starts going on a losing streak and she just like snaps because she can't handle that she was the hottest thing going for the women's division and now all of a sudden she can't buy a win or like maybe would, her she was just that fragile that losing to Oscar would cause like a mental breakdown who knows but yeah you yeah, can't but, just like you just kind of can't be like oh well this is just kind of like going stale so we'll just turn her heel just for the hell of it so I feel like there has to be a reason to it could she do it? Yes, absolutely. She was mm-hmm. a very good heel down in NXT, but it's just a matter of let's get to that point, and I don't think we're at that point yet, but right. something may have to change at some point, because we're not getting to like Jay Cargill levels of stale, but it's just getting to the point of who can believably beat this woman, and the, like when. Right, and I think she could play off that, kind of have like an ego problem. Yeah, you know? yeah that's and a good one. Just, Slowly just, see it turning. Yeah, just kind of you know, she's beating everybody. There's nobody left to be. And even so, like, maybe have, like, give her a little stable and have, mm-hmm. like, a couple little minions behind her, not on her level, but someone yeah. she can kind of manipulate to do her dirty work to get her into that chicken shit sort of mode yeah. whenever the time calls for it, you know? And then on top of that, she's still so good at what she does. And she does these unbelievable power moves that, like, you'll see little glimpses of, damn, like, I hate her because she's so cocky and she has an yeah. ego, but for good reason. Yeah, exactly. That could be another one. That's a good way. That's a good way of putting it. So could she? Yes. Should she yet? I don't think so. <laughs> but then again, we've seen, we always say stranger things have happened. So yeah, maybe Jack talked in WWE. In, yeah. Maybe Jack just talked into the universe. We'll, we'll circle back to that one. See if that's true <laughs> at some point. Um, who? Why aren't Isla Dawn and Alba Fire in the running for the WWE Women's Tag Belts? Can't you just combine the two already? <laughs> That's true because they did say that the tag team belts can be defended on any brand. Yeah. Um. I don't know why they didn't add them. That would have been a good addition. Yeah. I think they gel so good as a team. Uh, their aesthetic is just like one of my favorite things ever, which is not surprising yeah. to anyone that knows us. Like, I love this kind of aesthetic, so I am totally okay with them being a team. Yeah, it just clicks that that move that they do that that yeah. double glory bomb into the flatliner. Yeah. It just, it, it just. Ugh. I remember so the good. first time they busted that out, and the camera work was fantastic. They zoomed yeah. in on their faces, and it was just bam, and it was just like, damn, so I've never good. seen that before. Oh, it's just yeah. so good. But yeah. did, did they didn't they get a win on uh SmackDown? I can't I remember. I know they were on SmackDown. Yeah, I believe they were on SmackDown again, and that was like something I alluded to earlier in the show. Triple H is kind of sprinkling in the people that he's drafted. They're not kind of just falling by the wayside. And as a matter of fact, they did get a win because they faced uh Julissa Leon and uh Valentina Feroz. Yeah, who sure. Just came up from uh but <laughs> they just <laughs> They just came up from NXT. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, put it, giving them some wins is great. Uh, putting them in that position where they could have um, been in that tag team spot would have been good. But yeah. maybe there's some things that are, you know, left that are going to be greater on the horizon for the two. Yeah. 
maybe there's something that's going on that we don't know about. Exactly. Who knows? Um, I just want to see them on the TV because I like them very much. I always have. Yeah. Uh, all right. This one is a very, you're very well equipped to answer this one. Is the Sammy KO and Bloodline feud dragging on too long? Uh, is it dragging on too long? I don't think so. I would say no. I can understand why people would think that because wrestling fan brain is <laughs> and it's not our fault no we've been so equipped and so conditioned to think things are going to go one way and this is going to end at this time and uh-huh. when they spread it out it's like what the hell's going on it's like a shock yeah, to our senses yeah. you know and i think that's what it is, is that this story has been a shock to our senses like wwe can still put on a give you a story that you're just like wow you can't tell me there's a better story in all the wrestling whether it's wwe AEW, there's nothing better than what's going on with the bloodline did it lose a little bit of steam when sammy was kicked out yes but i think it was still the right call um but roman said it he's like after he beat cody he's like you guys think you know this has gone on too long that we're still in the second third inning of this thing yeah god and everyone and i some of us were like oh yay that's great and other people were like oh god that's... no i was like oh, oh we're only in the third inning of this oh jesus oh, yeah. what can they do i mean triple h is a very creative person yeah. um but... you know and then he's got paul Heyman in the background there yeah. he's got so many people around him now that that are wrestling minded and i think that's why the story's clicking um i'm just one moment it's like okay they can end it here and then you're like they don't they don't and then you're like well what's gonna happen with the usos are the usos gonna turn on roman or is solo gonna turn on roman because i've heard people like solo should take the titles off of roman and then they did that little thing where roman kind of bumped into solo and solo was like solo kind of checked them on it like (laughs) and roman kind of was like oh shit like there's so many things that is happening it's a different it's a (sighs) It's, again, an enigma where it's, like, like what you said, oh, well, it could end here, but then it doesn't, but then it's so intriguing that you don't complain about it and be like, oh, God, why is it not over? It's like, oh, wait, it's not over, so now what's going to happen? It's just it's just so weird, but it works. Yeah. 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 And they can, the, they can drag it out. It. Yeah, they can drag it out. I, I saw somebody made, a, like, a fantasy booking graphic oh, of of Roman and Solo versus the Usos uh, for the titles at SummerSlam, however they would get there. And I'm just like, man, imagine if that happened. That would be crazy. That'd be something. Because then it's just like, if that's how crazy they can get for SummerSlam, what the hell's going to happen if we go to WrestleMania? How bad's it going to be then? Like, Yeah, it's, 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 it's nuts. I can, I can see, you know, because this is the first time in a long time we've had a storyline that went three years. Yeah. You know? So I can yeah. see why people are like, it's a, again, it's a shock to the senses, mm-hmm. you know, oh, so yeah. people are just kind of caught off guard. But if you just sit back and enjoy it, you probably still can find some good stuff in it. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's just still interesting to me because we've talked about it before of how much we want to go to like WrestleMania next year. So it's like, what are we going to see at this point? Like, <laughs> I feel like it's almost a guarantee that Roman's still going to be the like champion by then. But then it's like, who's he right? Who's he going to wrestle? Who are we going to see in potentially in person? Like, ah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. 
It's insane. Um, when should Orange Cassidy's title reign end? Uh, Jack doesn't really want it to. It's one of the best things in wrestling right now. And as always, president of the Hook fan club, he said, should Hook be the one to challenge him for the title? I would love to see that, but it would hurt because to me, Orange Cassidy is probably one of the best performers in AEW at this point. Yeah. His matches are just so constructed in such a crazy way where you you just can't take your eyes off the screen he just perfectly plays his part fights from underneath makes it look believable uh just looks like a fighter he can turn on the jets when need be but doesn't necessarily have to can get in your head yeah can get in your head with his lazy mind games he's just a very good performer very good performer and it's one of those ones where it's like his title, his title reign. If it's not broke, no need to fix it. Yeah, you know? my my answer it, to Jack's question would be not anytime soon. Yeah, I don't think so. And and we talked about like Jay White. What can Jay White do? That'd be great that to see Jay White and Orange Cassidy. My God, <laughs> so Jay loses mind because Orange just doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah, that'd be a fun one too. Yeah, that would be great. I'd have liked that one, but. Long story short, we don't want Orange to lose the title anytime soon because why why should he? Nah, nah. There's no reason to. There's no nope. nothing says that he should lose in matter if anything, he's in a twenty one man battle royal and we're like, Yeah, he's definitely gonna yeah. win that one. <laughs> I should tell you something. Like we're we're not worried. Yeah. Um now if like the House of Black was in there, we'd be like, Oh boy, um maybe, but still no, I don't think I don't think Orange should lose. Yeah. Um, all right we kind of talked about this one already but what did we think about the main event segment from dynamite uh we loved it loved it it was a perfect way to end the show a perfect way to sell the match uh a great way to hook people into at least say at least that's that's there and i definitely want to see that um you know it was just in terms of the question itself it was just the perfect perfect way to end the show yeah, because now you're like, oh, now I really want to see Double or Nothing, or oh, I really can't wait for Double or Nothing, because now that's going to be on the card. Like, it, right. it did what it was supposed to do. Perfect. And, um, <laughs> and then Jack's last question is, um, does Tony Khan love eye patch angles? You had Moxley, and then Pac, and now Hangman has the... Yeah, I, I mean, it's very hard to argue. <laughs> so many yeah. eye patches. It just, it, just, it just fits Hangman, though. He kind of looks like yeah, a character well, out of Red Dead. Yeah, he looks like a like a John Wayne esque kind of cowboy guy. So yeah, yeah I think it, it fits him. If if it, those other guys kind of look hokey, but yeah. on, on Hangman he looks like a badass. I agree. So I think um, is it? I wouldn't say overdone, but we're used to it with like AEW. Yes, but it works with Hangman. And it makes sense. I mean, he got stabbed in the eye. Yeah, they do love stabbing people in eyes in AEW. With screwdrivers. Noticed. How fucking savage is that? it's yeah it's um ow <laughs> just, just just ow that's all we can say but um that was all of jack's questions so jack thank you again as always we always appreciate it thank you jack all right so we're gonna s- scramble mike's questions a little bit because i gotta save the thinkers for last so okay let's start with um very simple should the four pillars match be the main event of um should the pillar four pillars or anarchy in the arena be the main event of uh i think he meant double or nothing not all in so double or nothing uh, um yeah go ahead 
that's tough because you could see either one of them being the main event mm-hmm. being like yeah that that works that makes sense um Mm. Mm. you've had both of them be main event segments on dynamite so it's pretty can't you can't be like oh well this one has always been the main event segment of dynamite so of course this is going to be the main event of double or nothing they both have been so uh yeah so much for oh yeah that's gonna be an easy question we started off with this is my bad um (laughs) (laughs) it was not it did not go according to plan um I think probably the ugh, probably the pillars match. Ooh. I don't know. Like it's a, this isn't <laughs> even just a oh I have a full on reason for it. Like I have no idea. I genuinely don't have an idea. <laughs> I I would go the opposite route. I would have the anarchy in the arena close out the show because you're guaranteed to send the crowd home happy. You know. Yeah, that's true. Because there, like I said, it's just going to be a wild match that you you're not going to be able to look away from. So at least it's going to keep it's going to keep the attention of the audience. People are going to be going crazy for it. Yeah. Like I said, it's going to be all over the arena. It's just going to be nuts. So I think, and people are, like we said in the previous question, you know, that match is kind of what hooked us into the pay per view. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have the matches go back to back. Like I wouldn't have the pillars, then the anarchy in the arena. There needs to be a filler in between there. The only problem is if it like, let's say the pillars match is very good, like unsuspectingly very yeah. good. Yeah. That next match that that's filler, let's say Jade versus Taya. Yeah. Kind of in a death spot. I was going to say FTR and Jay Lethal. And you can their... also do that too. I would, that would be another choice that I would bring up. But again, if one match is good, the, the if the match previous before that one is good, they're kind of in a death spot because the yeah. crowd has been so used to giving all their energy and popping and going crazy for the spots that happened in the previous match that you know you're gonna get you're gonna get a pretty basic tag match between FTR, Jay Lethal, and Jeff Jarrett because that's the style that they wrestle. Yeah, you know. I'm yeah. just saying that match in particular. I don't know the match order, how it's going to go down. But don't. if you put that there, you know, that's the situation. It's like, it's a no-win spot, so I wouldn't do them back-to-back because you risk one of the main event. Like, it feels like a co-main event sort of situation. Um, yeah. But you risk the the idea that one was lesser than the other. Mm-hmm. People didn't care about the one, you know, after the one. It's So this card... This card is, is it's kind of a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, agree. So, yeah. So it's kind of tough to Ugh. figure out what they're going to do. But it, I would say the safe bet is at least had the anarchy in the arena close out the show. Yeah. You know what? You've sold me on it. I, I say send the crowd home happy because, you know, MJF's probably going to win and people are going to be mad. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Give them give them something to cheer about at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Now, funny enough, he said that he was sure this question was going to be asked already if his questions aren't weren't first. But surprisingly, he was the only one that asked about this. Um, he wants to know what we thought about Punk going after Alvarez and David Bixon's hand going after Alvarez. Everyone was going <laughs> after Alvarez. Um, I Everyone's going me, after Alvarez. I didn't really see it, so I'm not entirely sure what all happened, but I'm sure clearly Alvarez pissed a lot of people off. Well, Alvarez, the the situation between Punk and Alvarez dates back a long time ago. 
Uh, I believe, if I can remember, I think it was 06 um, from what I read. And what it was was ultimately what Punk is pissed off was is that Brian Alvarez said when Punk was brought in, you know, obviously his personality and everything, but the main thing said you have to watch him around the girls. Oh, oh boy. Alluding that CM Punk is some sort of predator. Oh, that's... I could definitely see Punk being mad about that, because, yikes, you can't just throw that shit around. And Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, I, I got no dog in the fight, you know? So yeah. I can't be like, you know, we don't fuck know. you, Brian Alvarez. Yeah, you know, fuck you, Brian Alvarez. Uh, David Bissingspan, I really don't have any interactions with him. I don't follow him, but I know yeah. he is a very uh, esteemed journalist. But he's mm-hmm. kind of, he's kind of one of the ones, he falls to me in line with the other wrestling purist that you see on social media where it's like this is bad you know like there's no fandom in in Ah. in their tweets yeah or anything ways to make things better that they disagree with it's all just kind of negative 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 yeah yeah it's like we gotta we gotta point out the plot holes and we gotta you know point out the negative and why this doesn't work but they don't really bring anything to the table to say make it better oh so it's just like i'm just gonna scream at something but i'm not gonna tell you how to fix it yeah yeah at least i can say the best thing about this podcast is if we dislike something like i shit on chris jericho all the time yeah you know we we are not fans yeah but at least we bring something to the table to figure out a way to make things better not saying that they'll go with our ideas or anything, yeah. but at least we we bring it to the point where we want to see things be better. You know? Yeah, we don't and just complain is... for the sake of complaining. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why I really don't vibe with Bix. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I mean, it's not like, you know, I'm in his mentions or anything like that or, yeah. you know, we've had any interactions, but I, I can kind of see his tweets, a lot of big words, uh, you know? <laughs> it's yeah. just like, uh, you know, but that's the thing. It's like wrestling journalism and the wrestling fandom, like the purist and and everything. People that come from like the observer message board. I knew this was gonna happen, mm-hmm. where at one point they would start to eat themselves. Yeah, too many you know? personalities. Exactly, and they all start to go after each other. You know, and then we just sit back with the popcorn and go, "Well, this is gonna be fun." <laughs> exactly. I just sit back and laugh you know yeah. like you know there's certain i won't mention them by name because i don't want to give them platforms but they're, no, they're literally like bix is fighting with these other people going mm-hmm. back and forth and they're all just like in each other's dms just insulting yeah. each other and vaguely tweeting with big words about why this person yeah. is so stupid and it's just yeah, yeah it's just yeah. it's a mess yeah i could I could see why there would be some discourse on wrestling mm-hmm. Twitter. I feel like you said, I have no dog in the fight with the whole Alvarez and Punk thing, but I can definitely see if you throw those kind of heavy accusations around, why somebody would be mad so I don't blame Punk for uh, being mad. And he made that comment, like I said, it was years ago, and he hasn't like retracted, said he was wrong, apologized, or anything. Like, yeah, it's just like, you know, Ugh. and then the whole situation, it didn't make, it doesn't make things better. 
Yeah. When Alvarez or Meltzer come out with the CM Punk story, and then there's another CM Punk story, or Fightful comes out that there's disillusion between Tony Khan and CM Punk when we were just told CM Punk was going to be on the first show of Collision. And it's just like, all right, yeah. you guys are supposed to have some credibility. Yeah. It's Not like 100%. But like telling the truth here. Yeah, at least like seventy percent. Yeah. You know, it's like I just learned like I can I stumble upon spoilers and things like that, but my ultimate mindset is as when I see it on the screen happening, yeah, is then when I believe it. When CM Punk shows up on AEW, then I'll believe it. Yeah, I, I feel that, which at that rate, we can just get this question out of the way rather quickly. Is Punk going to be on Collision's first show? I think it very much depends on where the show's going to be. I'm praying to God it's not Chicago. <laughs> and not for the fact that I don't like Chicago crowds. Don't get me wrong. Chicago crowds can be hit and miss depending on what happens. But enough with Chicago already. You guys literally have a show. I think they said right before Forbidden Door in June, if I remember correctly. They get mm-hmm. four, maybe five more or more shows a year. Like, enough already. That pretty much is just way too obvious of, oh, well, Punk has to come. Well, then that's the problem, too. If you put it in Chicago and don't necessarily have plans for Punk to be there, you've kind of worked the crowd up already of, oh, well, Punk has to show up now because it's in Chicago. And then it mm-hmm. runs the risk of, like we say, if you expect one thing and don't get it, people are going to get mad. And then it's just a disaster because especially in Chicago, you mean to tell me if you have a show in Chicago and Punk doesn't show up, you don't think that crowd's going to hijack that show. <laughs> They've done it before. Oh my God. It's it's a mess. So I will say, let's wait and see where the collision's going to be first. And then I will answer that question next week. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go there. Like I, a lot point, is I dependent know. on where it's going to be. Like it, it was at this point where it was it was like one point it was definite he was gonna show up, he was getting in ring shape, it looked like he was just going to you know, try to make amends as best as possible, everything was gonna work out. Now there's a wrinkle in the story, there's legal issues, then mm-hmm. Ace Steel has been working there for months, but then he hasn't been working there for months. Yeah. Then Warner Brothers says that CM Punk is going to be on collision. Then they backtrack and say he's not being a part. Yeah. It's a mess. <laughs> it's, it's What else is new? And it's so crazy. This all lingers from all out and it's still lingering. Yeah. That it's been dark cloud. Yeah. That dark cloud cannot just dissipate. It won't go away. It won't. It's so crazy. Uh, it is it is just a mess let's be let's be real um let me make sure i'm not forgetting any uh so we did that one did that one okay so before our thinker questions um this one is a rather this could be the kind of question that would get poor mike canceled on twitter but unfortunately it makes sense if you think about it <laughs> um <laughs> do we think that the wembley ticket sales being so good but regular dynamites not being able to sell out and according to the Russell Ticks uh, Twitter account, I know what he's talking about. So pretty much he's saying the fact that Wembley's selling so well and yet Dynamite in the States isn't, is it just a European crowd thing? I think that plays a part into it. It has to we be. Ha- yeah. yeah, we we have to remember like the UK crowd and a lot, not only the UK crowd, but a lot of different countries mm-hmm. are just so starved 
for live entertainment from yeah. whether it be WWE or AEW that that's why they show out in droves when these like people a Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. And and that was because they hadn't had a show in Puerto Rico since 05 or something like that. Yeah. You know. So it's those people lot. were just had a fever pitch. Um with with UK crowds and AEW and all in this is this is history, you yeah. know? And the UK people are are very proud of the countries that they come from. So they wanna they wanna show up, you know, yes. and and say we were here for history. This is why the UK and different parts of the UK deserve these live events because we're gonna make the show uh, better just with our enthusiasm and our energy, you know. And um, the chance, yeah, and the chance. All I think, chance. yeah, I I just think like, in a way, in the states, everything is so overexposed you know yeah, we're so used to it now that it's just like okay yeah whatever. like we're at the point where we don't even have to watch the shows we can dvr them and mm-hmm. watch them at our convenience mm-hmm. and we tend to forget like in the uk they don't get the shows to like one two in the morning yeah you know so you mm-hmm. have to be dedicated in your fandom to to watch a three-hour raw at like one or two o'clock in the morning i don't know what time it comes on yeah. but it's, it's just it's just crazy um so they're they're at like a disadvantage so whenever they're going to be able to see it live and in person you know on their home turf and then it's going to be on on pay-per-view so it's kind of like ah now you have to now you have to watch it on our time like you know what i'm saying like they have the upper hand over the states and it's well deserved you know like like we said they're just going to bring the energy and they're going to show this is the one thing like i took away from puerto rico it's like we could do that in the mainland on the states every yeah. show you know if they you don't want to yeah if you just pay attention you know no. like yeah. it's you know just pay attention have fun you know be vocal don't just sit on your phones but again people are people are people you can't just uh don't bring you know, beach balls either to the show yeah i just think i just think since the uk doesn't get these live events and uh, you know, a, a historical event like All In at Wembley, you know, yeah. it's 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 a chance to be a part of history, you know. So yeah. that's why the tickets flew off, you know, without a match being uh, announced, which I think puts tremendous pressure on yeah. AEW to deliver a card. Yeah, yeah, I don't envy them in the slightest, but uh, yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. It definitely has to do with the fact that this stuff doesn't happen that often in the UK, and uh, you can take it when you can get it. Yeah, and but it's going to be a fun time because again, like we said on the last show, um, Money in the Bank is in London yeah. at the O2 Arena, and then the next month is All In. So it's kind of like, yeah, they could say there's no competition, but this is a chance for there to be a clear cut competition. Like somebody's going to have to step up their game. Yeah, exactly, and I am, I am very excited to see what happens because we might get <laughs> some too. very good wrestling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, good, bad, or indifferent, we're gonna have enough stuff to talk about. That's for sure. So, content always keeps coming. Oh yeah, thank God, because if not, this would be incredibly awkward. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, wait, so yeah, that question. Got a question that one. That one. Okay, so now we're down to our um, two finger questions. So, um, <laughs> Mike has some Mount Rushmore potential questions for us. Uh-oh. 
yeah, I know. As soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh boy, this is going to be, uh, this is going to take a little bit. So we're going to go backwards from how he asked them. So he would like to know, are Mount Rushmore for promos of all time? So our top four promos of all time. Oh, God, my top four promos of all brain time. is already putting, um... I feel like you have to put the pipe bomb on there just by default mm-hmm. because you, you just, you can't not. Um, so that's definitely one. <sighs> See, I went by, I went by specific, specific names uh, oh, okay. who I thought could deliver promos. And it's interesting you brought up is you brought up the pipe bomb. Cause I was, I'm, I'm hesitant to, I, I, that was, that was definitely one of my choices but like the discourse about the pipe bomb promo is just so lumped in with CM Punk as a person at this point yeah. that people, I think people don't see the significance of it. I think people, people want to want to hate it because it, it's, it's a significant point in history that yeah. we can't avoid. But people keep talking about it though to this yeah. day. Yeah. And it's like, if you hate it, like you have to have a really, really, really good reason to hate it because yeah. that shifted the entire culture mm-hmm. of everything. So that's yeah. why CM Punk is definitely on my Mount Rushmore, uh, which was a very difficult decision. Yeah, honestly, I feel like that's an easier way of doing it too. Like almost best talkers, because I feel like mm-hmm. promos we might be here all night. Yeah, and unfortunately. I do not have that kind of time. So <laughs> yeah, I'd say talkers punk would have to be one for sure. Um, I feel like Paul Heyman would have to be on there too. Mm, Paul Heyman master at selling a match. Yeah. Like you, you can't not you want some, you want someone to sell tickets for a match. Paul Heyman's your guy. Like yep, love him or hate him. He can talk. Um, mm. I'm gonna go all the way back. We have you have to put. I think you can't. You'd be silly to not put Dusty Rhodes on there. Man, you're taking all my picks. I know. Well, that's a, again brain cell. That's a, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you get the last one. Then maybe we'll both be in, or maybe we'll split on it. But you have to because, especially when I saw those um, when they do those like Superstar Sundays on A and E for mm-hmm. WWE, and they did like Dusty stuff. Yeah, the biography. You kind of forget until you watch that kind of stuff, but then it's just like. He really knew how to like connect to again. It's just like the common wrestling fan, mm-hmm. and he just had that like aura and that mystique about him. Of he didn't, he didn't look larger than life, but he felt larger than life because he could just like it's almost like he could reach through the TV and talk to you. Mm-hmm. And not many people possess that kind of talking power or like promo power in wrestling. So you have to put Dusty on there for sure. Yeah, that's exactly the the whole reason you know behind hard times the hard times promo Mm -hmm. much like the pipe bomb promo when he dropped hard times it was like whoa like everything just shifted Mm -hmm. it was almost like the world stopped and spun the other direction yeah exactly it it was just a game changer yeah i completely agree i'll let you do the last one though because i feel i don't want to keep taking your picks uh no no i want to hear your your last pick you got punk Heyman, and dusty Oh boy. Um God, um oh, there could be quite a few more. Um 
I feel like if we'll just go like more recent, we'll just go more recent because I feel like it's so easy to go look back and be like, oh, these people back then really knew how to talk. I mean, I feel like Eddie Kingston could be on there too. Damn it! You put it on there. <laughs> How'd you do that? I don't know. A brain cell because we share the singular brain cell. Um, because again, it's kind of in that vein of it's just like any normal person talking. Right. It's like you. He knows how to talk to the like the regular like blue collar kind of person, and he knows how he's like he doesn't need to play anything up. He just speaks from the heart, and I think it's just that mm-hmm. authenticity is what people like love about Eddie. So I'm sorry I took all your picks, but yeah, you took you took three out of four of my picks. Uh, but yeah, Eddie Kingston's was my first choice. I found out about Eddie Kingston through his promos before I even watched a wrestling match of his. See, that tells you all you need to know right there. And when he talked, it was just like, I need another promo. And that promo was good. And then Mm -hmm. I need another promo. And that promo was good. And it was just like, this guy cannot miss when you give him a microphone. Yeah. He cannot miss. The reason is he's not afraid to be his most real self, whether it makes him look vulnerable, uh, whether it makes him look downtrodden, like he's, you know, at his wit's end, about to have a mental breakdown. That's probably Mm -hmm. when you're going to get the best Eddie Kingston. Yeah, um, I agree. You know, like you said, he just appeals to the common person. You know, he, it's it's not an act. You know, a lot of people, when they do these promos and stuff like that, it's almost like a theatric, like they're reading off of a script or, you yeah. know, they're just elevating a character. And so for some people that works. Um, but for Eddie Kingston, it's just, it's a thousand percent real, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, the stuff like if you have not seen any of his earlier like chikara promos and stuff he did on the independence and just look at it like his backstory with like his real life beefs with claudio and, and yeah. chris hero that made his promos even better he just dude's a master class like you know that there's that website master class where you can yeah. learn to be a chef or a <laughs> music producer or something like that eddie kingston would be one to take a master class promo from yeah it's just he's just so good yeah just so like, good so good yeah uh the one person that you didn't steal from me <laughs> jump in my brain and extract <laughs> from me um was someone that probably doesn't get mentioned a lot but like a lot of old-time vets and i'm going with jake the snake roberts yeah um, yeah that's a good bec- one yeah because like you said a lot of earlier vets of the industry it was all about theatrics, yelling, screaming to get your point across, pointing your finger, and he was the exact opposite. Yeah. He spoke very softly in a very low-toned voice, mm-hmm. and he made the camera zoom in. Yeah. So you had to listen to everything he said, and he used to say, like, the most cryptic shit. It was just like, wow. Like, yeah. you know, that was some evil. That it was made you uncomfortable. Evil. Yeah, yeah. Like, his words exactly made you uncomfortable. So that's probably uh, why I would go with that. Yeah, those that's a good one too. Uh, that's another good one. Um, yeah, I'd say I'd say we got some pretty good ones. And kind of tweak the question a little bit, but I think it's fine. Um, and since for our next Mount Rushmore and final question of the night, um, Mike would like to know our top four feuds of all time, 
any promotions in play past present we're gonna have some different ones i just have a feeling um yeah (laughs) because there's just been so many that i just was like thinking of ones that like i remember that came to mind that i'm like oh yeah that was like a really fun one for me personally um some of them are gonna sound obvious some maybe not so much but Mm -hmm. um i can just get the first two like obvious ones for me out of the way like number one um Shayna Baszler and Kyrie Sane, they had some very good matches in NXT and still has one of my favorite matches of all time, uh, their match from Evolution that's still mm. like to this day I still love watching it. I just, it never gets old for me. Um but they just had like the perfect like the good guy versus bad guy. It was like they were the quintessential like antithesis of each other where you couldn't help but root for Kyrie because she was like the I would say happy-go-lucky, but just, like, the bright and sunshine kind of, like, good guy and then, like, the evil dastardly villain and Shayna. It was just, they played off each other so well and they had such good chemistry that I had to include them because that was the one that, that was, like, the first one that instantly came to my mind, for sure. Like that one. Um, we'll go back and forth. We won't, like, completely get right. So, um, what's your first one? My first one, uh, would be Probably one of my favorite uh, feuds from like my late teen years uh, would be Triple H versus The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Those were two guys that first started out feuding in the mid card level for the Intercontinental Championship, but it's just one of those things where they had instant chemistry with each other. Where in that was kind of like the Attitude Era was literally just starting out, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, it was a lot of, it was, a, it wasn't a, about good wrestling. It was more yeah. about what can spike the ratings, you know, get people talking. But when those two collided, especially when they were fighting over the Intercontinental Championship, mm-hmm. it was just good chemistry and good, solid wrestling uh, between the two. And it was one of those things where they could just. I, they could just wrestle. I remember year a couple years ago they did that backstage segment where they had The Rock and Triple H go face to face. It kind of teased like another uh, match between them in their later years, and I was just like, man, I would literally die happy if that happened. Yeah. Again. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a that's another good one for sure. Um, my next one is a more recent one, but again, it's just personal memory more than anything would be um Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa mm. because they produced still easily one of the best matches of recent memory with their mm-hmm. like their like hardcore match so and I think the thing is too is just there's that underlying sense of like real life beef in there where it's like oh yeah Ooh, you two really don't like each other i want to see you just completely like destroy each other you, you'd like mm-hmm. have to so um yeah that was that was my second one for sure it just had to be britain thunder rosa because i could not include them but uh i can't wait to see them renew that one i feel like it's going to happen sooner rather than later um for sure there's still some meat on that bone oh yes there's still a lot of money to be made that's for sure mm-hmm. yeah i would agree i would agree um my next one I would have to go Sasha Banks and Bailey. Oh yeah, you yeah, that's a good one. I, I think for me, um, that was when my eyes really opened up to like women's wrestling 
and women's wrestling could potentially at that point be better than the men yeah. you know and those matches that they had you know the 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 iron woman match and and you know the match they had, just like it was just it was a holy shit moment yeah. like the stuff that they were doing in that ring uh, with those matches those two matches in particular uh two very different matches in their own right but like those were like both like five star classics um and just showed that like women can go i mean and and there was matches before that like Paige and, and charlotte or or i think it was like uh charlotte and natalia that they had those matches in nxt that was like okay women's wrestling is is, is the real deal but then they came and did those matches and you're like holy shit this is gonna yeah. change everything you yeah. know so yep. it's kind of sad to see that <laughs> bailey is the only one well i mean charlotte and becky are, are are still there but it's like they kind of just went away from from what they did in NXT and kind of carved their own little legacies. Yeah, yeah, I definitely. Where Bailey is kind of still, you can see still some glimpses of that greatness. Yeah, I would, uh, I would definitely agree with that one. That one's a that one's a very good one. Um, I could have put that one, and then I completely forgot about it. So thank you for jogging it back into my memory. <laughs> um, oh, we're gonna go back. How many years ago was this one? We're gonna go back into the eh, mid two thousands, maybe mid to late two thousands. Uh, mm. John Cena and Randy Orton, mm. because this one has a personal uh, thing for me because I can specifically remember back in oh nine, bragging rights was in Pittsburgh, and the main event was Cena and Orton in a 60-minute anything-goes-Ironman match for the WWE Championship. And it's so funny because I feel like if I could go... I we, You could go back and watch it on Peacock. I'm actually, like, on the... Uh, I'm actually on the show a little bit. You can kind of see me a little bit up in, like, the corner when they kind of, like... I don't know if you're going to remember it, but when they kind of like started going up into the stands, like up until like the upper like 100s level, uh-huh. and they're kind of like fighting in the one like concourse area. We're actually like right around the corner up on the stairs. So you can kind of like see us a little bit. So I thought that was a little fun, but yeah, I just vividly remember that one where it was just like, Orton was such an asshole. And it was just <laughs> like, I just loved how he made it personal. Like, pumping Cena's dad in the head like all that stuff it was just yeah it was that was definitely a personal one for me back then and I thought that was a that was definitely a good one for sure that's definitely a good one too uh for me like Randy Orton John Cena is like the Hulk Hogan and Randy Macho Man Savage of our generation you know yeah yeah just two guys that were like on equal level and but one was always gunning after the other you know Mm -hmm. so that's that was a very good feud um Keeping it with more recent, I'm going to have to go uh, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. Ah, damn it. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Yeah. Uh, just, I mean, just a plethora. Like, it was so funny is because it was like, whenever a match was announced, it was like, oh, they're doing this again. Yeah. And then it would come and they would blow it out of the water. And you're like, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it yeah, it's just everything about it was perfect. Tag team partners, Tommaso turns on Johnny, and then they just have these 
matches, you know, just back to back to back that it's just like these two have to kill each other. Yeah. Like, you know, they they really made a feud work, you know. So for recent memory, I'm gonna have to go Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. That is uh that is definitely a good one too. I some of these I can't. I always am just like, damn it, how can I forget those? Um this other one I had to think about for a little bit because I kind of obviously I didn't want to pick like a super obvious one too, but um Shawn Michaels and Undertaker from Woo. WrestleMania 25 and 26, just the Oh, I think it's because I remember a little while ago how someone was like reminiscing on how good like the video packages were back then too. And mm-hmm. it was just like the whole thing of like Sean just becoming obsessed with ending the streak and I have to beat you. And Taker's like, no, we're not doing that again. And he's like, well, no, I'm going to get there one way or another. And it was just like almost winning the rumble and it didn't happen. And then there's like putting the streak versus the career. It was just like, oh my God, that was long-term storytelling. That yeah, that's good stuff. Oh, it was so good. That's good. So, and, and not only that, but like the stuff they did years before that, like the, the first Hell in the Cell match. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, the, the, the casket match where, where Sean broke his back. Taking yeah, that, that one bump. still hurts. Ugh. Yeah, you know, so they there there was there was some good chemistry between those two for sure. Yeah, so uh, I would go with then, that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh my final one, probably the for me, if you asked me the question, what's my one feud to go back to? I would have to go CM Punk and John Cena. Oh yeah, uh, that oh that was fun. Yeah, just the 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 quality of matches yeah. that they they had between each other. Forget the promos and the whole pipe bomb and the build ups yeah. and just the matches themselves. Mm-hmm. Watch the matches. I mean, obviously, Money in the Bank 2011 uh, in Chicago that was just a crazy time. But the match itself was a five star classic. Like, yeah, you know what it I mean? was so good. And then they had the match on Raw for the. Uh, wwe championship and that was like another five-star classic and then you start to realize these two can literally wrestle each other with their eyes closed yeah and it'd be a five-star classic exactly it's just you know oh that's 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 another good one i yeah the you know the the mid 2000s to early 2010s was a great time wasn't it (laughs) it was it was definitely interesting uh because you saw solidified guys like John Cena, Randy Orton, and things like that. And then yeah, when Edge. when the yeah Edge, but when the when the product started getting stale, CM Punk drops that pipe bomb promo, mm-hmm. and at least for a little while there was a shift in direction. Yeah. You know, like you had to see what was going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. so that was a very interesting time in terms of they really didn't have any competition with each other. Yeah. I mean, like they didn't like TNA was around, but like they weren't really doing anything to move the needle. So it was like WWE against itself. Yeah, exactly. You know, which can kind of point to maybe why the product is at least a little bit better now because they have some sort of competition to pay attention to. Yeah, they can't just be like, oh, yeah, well, we can do whatever we want because it's not like anyone's like causing us problems. But yeah, I, I it definitely. It was a wild time in WWE back then, that's for sure. Yeah. Good times, though. Good times. Uh, for sure. Um, that, I do believe, is 
is it. I think we we did it all. We did it. We made it. Oh my god. God, I, I uh, did not expect this to be as big of an episode as it was, and yet here we are, almost two and a half hours. Yeah, as we like to say, it's a chonky one. It's a chonky. I love Mike <laughs> loves when we say it, but it really is a chonky episode. It's a chonky episode, but you know what? Um, in terms of like numbers and stuff, like these are are the the episodes that people really like to listen to. So, uh, you know, if if it was like earlier in our podcasting career, I'd be nervous. Like, who's going to listen to a two and a half hour episode? Yeah. But people <laughs> really like it. So it works. Yeah, it's uh, it's something for sure. I, <laughs> I, I know for a fact that I've talked to people that they listen to it at work, listen to it in the car, or listen to them walking their dogs. So clearly we are some people's way of passing time, which I still will never get. It'll still be like wild to me, but um, yeah. we appreciate those people and everybody that listens, no matter where they are. Yeah, for sure. We appreciate you guys for taking the time to hang out with us and being a part of our little community. Uh, like we said, the best part of the show is just uh, talking to you guys, answering your questions uh, and and the questions that you send into us, they're all great, you know, especially like these ones that Mike sent into us were perfect. They make you think, yeah. but they also make you think about wrestling as a whole, not just what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. we definitely, yeah, we definitely appreciate all the questions that we get. Um, you guys are just fantastic. And without you guys, this show would just be kind of boring. <laughs> we would just be yelling back and forth at each other for an hour to two hours. So yeah, yeah. We- people that want to hear our opinions on things it's like we always say that's why i feel like we physically could not develop egos if we wanted to because every time we hear these things we're like people actually want to listen to us talk like yeah i don't know i can't i I listen to about a minute of the podcast (laughs) to make sure there's no hiccups in the beginning and what you get after that is what you get yeah, when my mom puts it on in the car, I'm like, please don't. I'm like, I, I don't want to hear myself talk for two hours. Like, but oh people do. So it's, it's, uh, it's there. Yeah, it's there. Uh, but thank you guys for listening so much. Um, if you want to check out this podcast, it's available on the internet, wherever you listen to your podcast, just search Ringside Rundown. Um, but it's available on places like Spotify, Stitcher, Google, apple basically wherever you listen to podcasts search for ringside rundown hit that subscribe button if you can't find the episode just hit us up on twitter or instagram it's the same handle at ringside rundown and we will give you a link on a silver platter but you have to give the silver platter back that's the one caveat we need that silver platter back but you will get a link to the episode where you can listen to it and we 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 need your feedback you know um we'd love to hear your feedback what you think how can we make the episodes better uh, what you like about it, all that stuff. So don't be afraid to hit us up on social media, like we said, at Ringside Rundown, and you can let us know, hey, I listened to the episode, this is what I liked, this is what I didn't like, whatever. It's it's totally up to you. This is a podcast for the people, basically. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, you can, uh, if you want to talk to me individually about wrestling, you can reach me on Twitter, at Wrestling Cron. That's Wrestling, C-H-R-O-N. Shay, where can they get in touch with you? can find me on twitter at shailene hickson 21 um yeah i can talk to me on there uh tell us again what we're doing right what we're doing wrong what do you think we can improve because i mean we must be doing something right because we're at 82 episodes now i think yep this is episode 82 uh we're rapidly approaching episode 100 and we have some tentative plans for a special episode that's going to be unlike anything we've done before 
yeah. you know, so it's going to be very interesting. Um, but we're excited to get to that milestone of a hundred episodes. Not that it's going to stop there. There's no. always going to be more. <laughs> we're but... we're going to stop at 100. We'll be like, you know what? We're done. <laughs> we've had enough of it. No, no, we, we won't. We, we've, uh, we've hit our groove and this is something, you know, we could look back and talk about uh, at episode 100, but you yeah. know, in terms of where we started to where we are now, we're on the same wavelength all the time. It's weird how we share that same <laughs> brain cell when it comes to <laughs> wrestling. Uh, <laughs> we do um yeah it's, it's just yeah. crazy i'm you know it's always a good time always a good time yeah i always look forward to it and i'm definitely looking forward to episode 100 obviously we're not going to give anything away just yet but the ideas that we've been talking about are, are really cool i think at least i think so because sometimes you i mean the only hint i guess we'll we could give is maybe after episode 100 you'll get to know us as uh not just voice, maybe not voice. Okay, voices. It's not gonna be a video. We're not doing like video or anything. <laughs> just get, get that out of the way. But um, you may get to know us a little bit more by uh, episode one hundred. But how yeah. will remains to be seen. Yeah, I like that. I like that little cliffhanger you left there at the end of the episode. Keep them waiting uh, for another yeah. two and a half months, but <laughs> we'll see. We- we're getting there. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Don't be afraid to hit us up on social media. Don't be afraid to share this episode and all the other episodes with your friends. Uh, like we said, the the mailbag is always open for your questions, comments, opinions, rants on anything wrestling. So don't be afraid to be a part of our little community. Be a part of the show here at the Ringside Rundown Podcast. Uh, and we hope to keep delivering you guys uh, quality episodes. So for Shay Hickson, my name is Eric Vasquez, and it is late. We got to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Yeah, it's All right, see you guys later. <laughs> see you later, guys.